Welcome to the Ether. Today is Monday, September 19th, 2022. Today on the Ether, part two of the two part space hosted by John Bloom, Doquan Worship Club. Let's take a listen. Dilio. D I L L I O. Technically, that's slang. Like, what's the Dilio? All right, JK, go on, man. Did you guys know that the ability to create. Uh, sort of like words out of thin air or, or like fabricate words is actually has a somewhat of a strong correlation with uh, so if kids do this right like kids have this ability to create fresh new words it's actually a fairly strong association with schizophrenia uh, which is fascinating so yeah anyway yeah whoever can do this well and tell stories that make others laugh in this space they probably have like prodromal uh, schizophrenia you're going to be openized at some point in the next couple of years. I've been thinking about getting into trepanation. What do you guys think about that? Is that like chill? Because um, I read an article about it once and it just seemed kind of chill. I don't remember what trepanation is. It's when you um you go to B&Q um, and you get a drill. B&Q is like a drill shop <laughs> and a paint shop. Anyway, um, you so put you get little holes in the skull. And then you go... But then you try not to put it in too far. You just get, you just really, you just want a hole in the skull. You know, you don't want a hole in the brain. Um, yeah, a little craniotomy, a little microcraniotomy. Yeah, like it's just like a fun bit. Like it's like, and, mm. and the skin apparently sort of just heals over. So, yeah. I think it's a good idea to, to relieve the pressure sometimes. I think a lot of the problems in life we experience and mental illnesses can be the buildup of, of cranial pressure. And to have it released is, is a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know what I always wanted to do? Um, for some reason, I'm, I'm, I don't really know why, but when I was younger, I always like really, really hoped like I would like go to bed and pray at night that this would happen, that I would be put in a situation where I had to like emergency trach somebody with a pen and like a, like, um, like a straw or something like that. I don't know why, but some days I still kind of hope it happens. Like I did like hours and hours of research on how to do an emergency emergency trach because I always yeah. really hoped that. Come it hang would out with me. I'll me. show you how to put a hole in someone's neck. Will you let me? Do, will you let me do it? <laughs> yeah, it's probably illegal, but yeah, I could, I could get you in there. Oh my no, god! That be like <laughs> that's like if I okay if I were like dying, and like for some reason, even though I'm 22. They let me do like a make a wish. My make a wish would be to like <laughs> let like let them like let me trach somebody. Like oh, I I still think about it sometimes. I think it would be so, so exciting. Yeah, that's your make a wish to be able to stick a hole in and trach somebody. No, but it has to be like an emergency trach. Like it has to be like like somebody is dying right there, and if I don't like put you don't do the this. Pen yeah, in, like 
they're going to die and I have to do it. It's like it. the bee sting deal, right? Addy, are you, are you using like a big pen in this situation? Yeah, Addy. you can like, that's like, that's one option. Sure. Did you watch the house? Is that why he wanted to do this? Um, I watched some house, but no, I don't think so. I think, um, I don't know why I like wanted to do it. I don't know where I learned about it, but I was like young when I first got interested in it, like probably like 10 maybe. I mean, I, like, I, I would look at videos of people being traked because I thought it was so cool. I got a weird thing like that, not, you know, wanting to trake somebody, but I've always wanted to be like at a convenience store and like somebody walked in and tried to like rob the place. Or like I've always, like there's sometimes like if I'm walking and it's not all the time, but if I am walking and it's late at night, I'll deliberately take back alley just to like, hopefully catch somebody like trying to mug me or some shit like that. And it's kind of, I guess, to see, you know, to test my skills, to see if, uh, you know, see what happens. So JK, you kind of like go to dark places so that you can maybe like incite someone to kind of try to mess with you and you fuck them up. Yeah. Yes. Sounds sounds reasonable to me. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't just deliberately just find every freaking creepy ass alley you know, around, but I mean, if I'm just so happen to be in a place, I might deliberately take that alley. Yeah, you don't want to be like some kind of three on one situation either. You want to be no, like, no, no. Actually, that would be yeah, that'd be ideal. Actually, that would be definitely ideal. Then like you a kind of like put, a put your training to work. Really? Wait, what? What'd you do in the Marine Corps? Me? No, I was yeah. a regular admin, but I mean, we we stay fit and shit. Oh, okay. So you, I was didn't, the, I was, you didn't go to war or anything like that. No, nah, nothing crazy. Yeah, but like, Seth, hello, for example, the people, hang on, sorry, but Jesus like the people, the people that know how to fight, like I used to, I used to box, I used to bounce. Ultimately, like JK probably does the math. He's like, I could do three or four people. He's probably thinking, yeah, it, it's just an execution thing. He'd like to try it out one day, just in case. I mean, I, I am 6'2", 250. I do lift. If I wanted to, I could probably get into competitive lifting. Not bodybuilding, but actually, like, lifting. Not saying I'm going to break records instantly, but, you know, if I really took it serious, I could do something good. Yeah, you've got that body type, basically. Yeah, yeah, like, like a silverback. Yeah, I'm 6'5", yeah. I'm, I'm about 280 right now. So I have my number, JK, at about four or five normal people. I think so I you know you know what I mean. Do you do the same shit like you I deliberately? Know, I know I know exactly what you mean, and you you have a calculation in your mind saying if I had to, how right. how many people could I take down at once? <laughs> I'm at five right oh, now. Man. I think I, I feel pretty good about yeah, it. I yeah, that or somebody like robbed a store or something like that, and you might be you know buying a bag of chips and they don't see you, and you might play like you want to rob the store too, but realistically you're about to beat their ass. Yeah, and like I'm that. six foot eight, and I'm three hundred pounds. So I guess it kind of more both of you guys. No, but, you know, like, you're really? like a double agent, JK, right there. You're like exactly. you're working with him till you're not. Exactly. Like, hey, yo, like give me them fucking scratch offs, or like give, hey, give me them cigarettes, and then when they turn their head, you know, you go to work. Good morning. Hey, good morning. I am Jasser Aljani from Saudi Arabia. Excellent. What, what do you think is going on in this space? No, speak English. Uh, good. Have good Lona, day. Lona, Have good Lona, day. Lona, Lona too. 
Where are you go? Good, good place. <laughs> that was like Ooh, let me answer. To the moon. Luna 2, um, $1 million. What? Luna 2, $1 million. Yeah. We've done the market capitalization calculations. No, 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 Luna Classic. No, Luna 2, $1 million. Luna Classic to the dirt. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now, you're welcome, sir. Yeah, to make sure that people of Saudi Arabia are um, yeah, getting yeah. involved. With the... Yeah, make sure the people of Saudi Arabia get involved with Luna Classic and Luna 2. Go, 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 Saudi Arabia. Go, go, yep, go, go, go Saudi Arabia. Go, go, go. Yes, sir. Go, go, go. Saudi Arabia. Go, go, go. You don't hear that You don't hear that anthem all the time. Hey, hey, can you tell us one word in Can you tell us one word in Arabic? Any word? No, no, no speak English. Go. Any any word Arabic. You speak Arabic? You speak Arabic? I would like to hear an Arabic curse word, please. Arabic ahlan wa sahlan fi What's that mean? Inshallah doqan. Inshallah, Dokwan. <laughs> inshallah, Inshallah. Dokwan, Dokwan. Dokwan? Dokwan, Dokwan. Do you guys all want to go around and tell a story about um, what Dokwan means to you? How has it affected your life? Mm. Saudi Arabia, you're beautiful, beautiful. Alhamdulillah, Dokwan. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Do you live, where do you live? Riyadh? Riyadh? No, 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 Medina, Al Munawara. Medina? Yes, oh, yes. Work there. No. Dukun. Maybe this is my, my father. Medina, no, no beautiful. Uh, this is your father. No, my dad's How many wives there. do you have out there? No, welcome, 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 Saudi Arabia. Thank you, thank you. Do you have, do you have one wife? What? Do you have one wife? Are you married? One, one, one minute, one minute. Wow. He's a uh, police. <laughs> police? <laughs> yeah. Your car, car, Anna. Steffi in Nigeria, they have like multiple wives. The cops sort of pulled him over and you're talking about his Nigerian wives. I think he's going to get in trouble. Do you guys so just want to Saudi prince or a Nigerian prince? We're trying to find out, man. He's definitely from Saudi Arabia. I'm just saying, in some cultures, they have multiple wives. I don't know how it goes down in Saudi Arabia. but Yeah, I'm sure. they do that as well. Um, guys, what if we all got in a big bed, like in Willy Wonka, where the grandparents are all, like, like all four of them guys, are in one small bed? You just talked over her, Jerry Bear. <laughs> Everybody has to shower before they get the bed shower, though. That's important. No, no, they, they shouldn't, actually. That's kind of the opposite of what we want. We want everyone's pheromones to combine in the air. We want it all, like, you know, we want to all, like, naturally stick to each other, not in a weird way, but just, like, from all the sweat and grease on us. And eventually we all become the, um, <laughs> um, the... <laughs> Where are you from? Where are you from? The cruncher. We are what? the prince, all of us. We might have to remove him. He doesn't understand anything. 
I leave it in the hands of my my co-hosts. Just kick him. I feel bad for booting him, though. He seems like a nice... He doesn't speak English, so what does it matter? I removed him from speakers. He can listen. It's fine. Yeah. Go back to Twitter, Saudi Arabia version. We don't want you here. Well, don't be rude. What the hell? Yeah, that's yeah that was quite rude. I've never, I've never that's, in my life said go Saudi That's Arabia. what I just heard. You don't speak English. We don't want you here. I'm Can just saying, what's the up. point of having a speaker up here if they can't participate in the discussion? Yeah, well, you get that on a lower level when, like, pretty autistic people join or clanky people and so on. Um, I'd like to kick most of them personally. There's only about two people I like on Twitter. One of them is Zara. Thanks. Cheers. Who's the other? Cheers. I don't want to talk about the other one, but, you know, there aren't is many people. There aren't many people who understand, like, like the pure it's vibe. There aren't many people who understand and can channel the pure vibe from God, the muse, you know, the be an instrument of God. That's a rare thing. He said like one other, but kept it secret so that everyone would sort of compete for his attention, like uh, like little children yeah, and stuff. It's a bit ridiculous. Think, well, what if it was me? This like this trickery. This uh... daddy, daddy, look at me. Coach, can I have your address so I can DoorDash you food and that way become your second favorite person on Twitter? No. The the only thing you have to do to get in my top three is love God. When you fall in love with God and when you hand over your body and your mind for him to be a pure instrument, so your mouth and your body, its animation, its entire vital force is a direct projection of God's own will, then I'll like you. Mm. Is there anything else I could do aside from that? No. No. He just gave you instructions, Jerbear. I think he's about to ask, are you sure? Yeah, like, what if I'm not religious, coach? Then you're fucked. There's no such thing as not religious. If you're not religious, you're going to hell. (sighs) I had to kick Jerbear. Hmm. Well, I was enjoying the game he had going and, and the description of the cringer and so on. You guys yeah. redirected it to weird penis measuring contest of who's taller out of JK and Jonathan all this bullshit. Really pathetic. Well, you know what? I didn't mind JK's perspective on that. I just want to back him off that he's not alone in thinking that sometimes. I appreciate it. But we'll get back to it. I thought I thought we moved on from Cruncher. We did, but I was I meant the game was derailed by you weirdos with your big egos. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to come up with a word now. Um, yes, please. Smirt. S-M-I-R-T. So yeah, ponder that. Okay, have you pondered? <laughs> hey, like we need to, it's like a Quaker, Quaker circle. We rest in the silence and then God speaks through one of us and there's no rush. <laughs> It's like when you're eating your food and you're swishing it around in your mouth and you're trying to figure out what it tastes like. Mm, I don't do that personally. I just I just sit and zonk out. And then at a certain point, God decides to use me. Yeah. So Let's have origin, please. So you're a vessel, Coach Bruce. That's what you're saying. I think it would be a boring game if we were using our like analytical faculties and stuff. For me, like the 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 fun and the pleasure is being surprised by what comes out. My ADHD forgot the word. It was um, smirt. S-M-I-R-T. Smirt. 
I'm I'm walking through like a a grocery store, and I'm trying to figure out if there's something called a smirt within this place. I just want to say shout out to Doctor So far, I can't identify a smirt within my grocery store in my head. Trevor, you keep interrupting people tonight. What's going on with you? It's a weird little freak tonight. Is it? Is Ben's taken over or what? I'm like a little autistic tonight. I think it's just uh, like my Wi-Fi is acting up, so I don't know. Well, you're not even playing the fucking game. What what game? Can somebody somebody demote this guy? He's ruining everything. I finally decided to create a Tinder account, right? And I met this girl. And, you know, we talked and whatnot, and we decided to finally go on a date. So she showed up. Uh, well, she was already at the restaurant by the time I pulled up in my Ferrari, right? And um, I went in there and I said, hey, bitch, how'd you get here first? I got a Ferrari. And she was like, hmm, I don't know. She was British, right? So anyways, you know, I sat down. I pretty much stared at her the whole time. And when we were done, she got up. And would you fucking believe it? She had smirk all down her back like i'm talking like just smirk on every fucking like crease of her back fat she she weighed a little bit of weight so she had like those back fat love handles and you could just see smirk all in that shit and then she had this white dress on too so it was just like the smirk was like lined perfectly with the crack of her ass and like it probably ran down her leg and she probably actually knew about it but she didn't clean it up all the way so she probably wiped it off her leg and forgot to wipe her ass too so it was just awful and i didn't let her know i just you know let her walk out the restaurant and um i jumped back in my ferrari and i left i think i'm gonna date a bitch with some i mean a, a lady with some smirk on her back fuck no I like it. Did I mention I had a Ferrari? You miss that, Zara. It's a good one. Yeah, and whenever I get a speaker, it goes silent for a second. Could you repeat it, or was it too, really long? No, no, he was in the moment. It was just a, a good thing, though. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can't repeat it. Well, thank you for sharing. Even if I didn't hear, I can tell by the vibe of this room that it's been uplifted and changed since earlier. Like, we're really on the right track. Yeah. It seems like the, the longer Gerber is silent, the better the vibe. I mean, that's interesting to consider. Um, yeah. You ever had a, like an encounter with your, you know, just like a personal, you know, personal time with yourself and, uh, you know, decided you wanted to um, taste your own smirk? I don't do that shit. Nope. Never? Never once have you wanted to taste your own smirk. I don't do that shit. Uh, you never wanted to see what other people thought. I just oh don't God. do that shit. <laughs> when, my, when my girlfriend went to America for the first time, um, she went to uh, the the shop they have in Times Square and she brought me back a can of um, she brought me back a can of Whippity Smurt. Jesus, I can't believe they sell that. Does it have to be refrigerated after it's opened? Well, here's the thing. She had to bring it back in the uh, in the plane in her hand baggage, and it kind of uh, heated up and got a bit got a bit too uh, I don't know soggy. 
it's meant to be refrigerated. So uh, by the time I squirted it into my mouth, it was um, it wasn't the best. But I ate it all anyway. I ate all of the whippy smirt um, to make her happy because it's wait, about. Wait, wait a minute! You squirted smirt in your mouth? I sprayed the can of whippy smirt into my mouth. Yes. Oh my god! What the fuck? What the hell does that? I heard they get that shit from like homeless women in New York. And Abby sometimes has been working for a fashion recruiting agency, and um, under that guise, she she has she has the van. She has the van that they used to scout models and pick them up for like marketing stuff. I don't know. And um, but sometimes when like company hours are off, Abby goes out with the van and she just picks up women that she thinks are gonna produce um some smart and uh, harvests it. And cans it like a trad wife homesteader. I think a smirk could also be like you know when people play pool or snooker and stuff like that. It's a, a guy could could come in like before a major competition. All of the balls need to be very smooth and polished, right? So they can roll correctly and they don't have any like indents or anything. I think there could be like a kind of a um, a janitor guy who comes into the main playing hall very early. And uses his smirt to polish the balls, like a kind of a, a kind of a cloth thing that he, like a like a, almost less like a rag, but like a thick rag. He polishes the balls with could be a smirt, like polish them with the smirt. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like my um, brain isn't working very well right now. I've got to actually think, but then I think if I think, then it ruins it. Yeah, it's just gonna flow. I think the only thing that's helping me is I'm actually trading right now, so I kind of got like my brain power like somewhat activated. I'm gonna roll a cigarette and then think about smart and don't tell. Oh, you know what? The other day, actually, when we were on a space, uh, I wrote a poem about the space, and I was waiting for the moment to read it out, but some people just kept talking, so I never ended up getting it out. And then by then, all the jokes that I wrote in the poem had passed, so it wasn't really funny anymore. Um. I don't know where the paper is, but there was a line in it about like, oh, hope Steffi doesn't find this one out because <laughs> he's a lung doctor because he works with lungs and like smoking is bad for your lungs. So that's why I wrote that. Um, hey, did you ever finish your um your clay dolls from yesterday? Your voodoo dolls? I finished uh, coaches, but it's kind of shit. So I think I, I might just have, chuck I, it away. <laughs> I have a actually a weird list of shit I've taken out of people's lungs. Oh really? Are you oh, taking shit. like Lego? Wait, yeah, out like, of people's lungs? Yeah, like imagine like uh, things go down, like objects that go down to your lungs, like mm-hmm. like you accidentally breathe in like a sticker on a fruit. Stick. Uh, haven't taken one of those out yet. I'm gonna add that to the list of possible future. <laughs> I saw uh, it almost die yeah. from that. Chevy, we'd love a top ten. That'd be pretty cool. Okay, uh, let's see here. Let's think of some here. So, um, have you ever seen a dental implant? It's like it's like a tooth with this little screw underneath it. Yeah, yeah. When they take a tooth out and like it can't be replaced, and they screw it into the bone, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah. So somehow or another, uh, this thing was down there. It, it, it and it was funny because like I kept trying to grab this thing with this little pincers, and the tooth it's like so slippery, like you can't fucking grab the thing. So I had to like keep poking at it until it flipped upside down to where the screw part of it's facing up, and then I could grab the thing with the pincers and yank it out. 
So that was one little thing. Um, what else? Like, you know how like people that are, uh, imagine you're on a ladder and you're using a hammer and nail and you've got like three nails, right? And you're, you're using the hammer, you're maybe knocking at a board or something like that. Well, this guy basically had the, one of them in his mouth and um, somehow or another, the, the nail went down into his lungs. So that was just, that was another little, you know, thing. It's pretty good size nail too. Um, so, it's like a, so I got I grab it with little pincers and then pull it all the way out, out of the guy's nose, which is kind of fun. So um, yeah, so nail, let's see what else was down there. Um, I've taken out um, various types of food, like, uh, you know, like corn, like corn on the cob, like Bruce likes to eat. Yeah, like when one of those things gets down there, it's kind of annoying. So like basically inside your airways, there's no, there's no, um, it's not like your digestive tract. There's nothing to like digest corn. So it just sits there. It's like the fiber has nowhere to go. Um, and it just sits there. So you have to kind of like, if it gets stuck, it's just, they'll be coughing forever, right? So, so corn is mm -hmm. one of them. What else? Popcorn. That makes popcorn lung. Yep. Popcorn. <laughs> like uh, taking popcorn out of people. Popcorn seeds. Those little, you know, the little unpopped popcorn. Yeah. Um, yeah what other things? Um, um, just a question. Does, does the average person have some kind of shit in their lungs, like on average, from stuff going down the wrong way or whatever? No, like, not really. No, it's pretty clean. Not, not so usually. Can, just, uh -huh. can you talk us through, like, uh, like, when you're taking this stuff out, are you, like, putting one of those, like, cameras down and then just... Yeah. Oh, yeah. You opening them up? Like that's a stupid question. Yeah, no. It's it's a camera. It's so you go down the nose. You get you get a little sedative. Uh, mm. Dope you up with a little bit of Versed and fentanyl and stuff. Um, get you kind of sleepy a little bit, and then you go down the nose using this. So you kind of lubricate the nose with some um, yeah um, some little like jelly, lidocaine jelly. So you kind of get that numbed up, and then you just basically are going down the nose, down past the vocal cords, and then just going down there and just fishing for things. So, so um, how are you what? fishing for things there? Like, is there a hook on the camera? <laughs> no, it's like, it's like a little tiny little tunnel in it, about like maybe a few millimeters thick. And then you pass down like a long wire with like a little pincer at the end of it. And it yeah. folds yeah. down so that it can, it can fit into the, into the tube. Does that yeah. make That's sense? That's so cool. Why That's do you go through the mouth or not the mouth? Is there a reason? Uh, you can go to either one, but the nose is like a more straight shot down to the vocal cords. So it's like, yeah. Uh, and then the mouth too. It's like you got to you have to be careful because like if someone bites on the camera, it's going to break mm -hmm. the fiber optic thing inside of it. So and then also like the tongue can sort of get in your way and sort of like be a nuisance. So when you have to go back in and out over and over again, the nose is a straighter shot actually. Um, yeah, assuming that you're not like on a ventilator with a tube down, right? You can do that mm -hmm. way too, but. So let's see, what are the stuff? Huh? Yeah. I have a question. So what if you were giving somebody a blowjob and then you accidentally inhaled the semen instead of swallowing it? Would like would it just like be okay? Because it'd just get absorbed? Or like what would happen? This is a very specific question, Eddie. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know why I was thinking about this hasn't listen, happened to me. I've I'm got just a curious. Listen, let's think about this. Let's okay. think about this for a second. Um, so while you're given this proverbial blowjob, right, mm -hmm. you need to be sure like you're not um, like taking a really deep breath in during this process. Like you have to kind of think this through. Maybe consider it like imagine <laughs> if you're like you imagine like you, do. Yeah, I mean, imagine you're underwater, right? You wouldn't take a deep breath in through your nose underwater, right? 
No, well, okay, let me let me phrase it a different way. What if you're giving this... Uh, <laughs> why was it windy in the background? <laughs> I like how she's come up with this, like, theory. She's like, what are you going to do? Like, how... Well, okay, so you... listen. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, okay, you're giving the blowjob, and then, like, let's say it's, like, suddenly, like, no warning, like, you didn't realize, like, you're doing a great job, and then, like, he just, like, doesn't realize what's happening, and then all of a sudden, he comes and doesn't give you any warning, and, like, for some reason, you're really caught off guard, like, maybe, like, he, like, <laughs> he, like, hits, like, a lamp, like, while he's coming, and it, like, hits the floor, and then you're, like, you gasp, and then all of a sudden, there's Oh, I see. There's, like, a, there's this sudden... Yeah, again, very specific with lamp and everything. This I, I have this feeling like you're worried that you you, you got this come inside your lungs. You're not going to be able to no, get out. Okay. Let's, like let's looking, get this. I'm just like yeah, laying in bed and I'm like looking around and I'm like, okay, well, what if like I'm like sitting here and like what if someone was there and he like knocked my lamp over and I was like really shocked and this hasn't happened. I'm just saying. And, and you do understand, like, I'm one of these doctors that's going to totally make fucking fun of you, right? I'm not going to be like, yeah. no. <laughs> it's not going to be like one of those deals where it's like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, tell me more. And like, like you know, objective and whatnot. I'm fucking like, what if, like, pretty what funny with comes to these things. Does it have to be suctioned out? Would you get an no, infection? Could actually, you possibly like, get, like, what if he had, like, an STD? Could you get an STD in your lungs? Yeah, you don't want to get you don't want to acquire like an STD or HIV or some shit through your lungs. That would be bad. HIV. Um, now we're going a little far. Okay. <laughs> Point is, yes, you could get all of these things. Like you know, you don't want to get syphilis in your airway or something. That'd be weird. But, what if it was like a huge volume? Like, would it like? Would you be like? Like, <laughs> like really bad? Would you be like coughing? You're it just up? It, you're just gonna be choked. Yeah, like, you'd be coughing it up. You'll be all right. Okay. Yeah, this is not one of those things that's going to be like congealed there and you have to go and like do some kind of special operations, um, you know, call a chest surgeon and open your chest up and kind of find this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to get pregnant doing this either. Like, it's not going to be like this sperm's going to make its way. No, I like, didn't you know, know that. Yeah, it's not going to be that. That was like... my biggest fear, but I just, I didn't want to ask. I didn't want someone to be like, yeah, you don't know it's, anything it's... about, about reproduction. So I'm glad that you <laughs> addressed it. I was really worried. and. No, it's know. kind of like this biological material, so it's gonna it's gonna dissolve fine. It's not like um, it's yeah. You're you're gonna have some now, inflammation. Okay. This and what that, if, but you'll be okay. Now let's let's look at it a different way. What if like, and I don't even know why this thought's coming to my head. Like this is these are like disgusting questions. What if you had like kidney stones <laughs> or something, and then you accidentally breathe like somehow it came out, and then you accidentally breathe in a kidney stone into your lungs. Wait, how yeah, is like you're like joking this? around, holding oh, it, and you're, you're like, oh, what if I swallowed this? And you're like, oh, holy into, and then you, you actually drop it. In. So you're so saying like, what this then? guy's got a kidney stone, he's passing it, but at the same time he's ejaculating, now you have a kidney stone going down in your lung. Yeah, that I'd have to get out. So we'd have to sort of do some imaging, we'd have to find the little calcified thing, right, on the x-ray identify which airway it went down and then like get down there and just dig this sucker out dig this little monster out yeah do you think Um, okay so like let's say they didn't tell you the truth about what happened do you think like once you but they were like insistent like there's something in my lungs i'm not going to tell you what it is do you think once you pulled it out you would be able to identify like oh my god this is a kidney stone or you'd just be like hmm what is this what do you think? Yeah, uh, you'd have to kind of like send it to the lab to do a little bit of analysis. Is this calcium? Is it like 
a struvite thing. There's different types of kidney stones too, which is an amazing thing. So like, <laughs> you want to know what kind of like, you're, you're trying to treat this guy. You're trying to make sure he doesn't get future kidney stones, right? So let's say it's a no, calcium. You're treating the girl that breathed in the kidney stone. Well, you'll be fine, but like, <laughs> once it comes out, it's all about the guy and his kidney problem, right? I mean, honestly, Addy, yes. maybe me and you could have like a competition where like we both try and breathe in like the, the craziest <laughs> thing possible into our lungs. And also, it's it's really good because we'll have like a pen each. And if we think like a, sticking the pen in our oh neck God, might I help, then you can this take that off your perfect. bucket list. And then also, Sefi can get some work because I know he's spending a lot of time on these spaces these days. So he's probably out of a job. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah um yeah i'll put this on the list of things to do tomorrow morning put a pen in someone's neck and um gin up some work you know like make sure like so what you're saying is is that i need to create new work for myself by making sure somebody aspirates uh my cum. This is interesting. I don't like yeah. Zara's take always no, 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 no. But you're also gonna give need to give yourself some kidney problems down too. For yeah. like the second half of it. I mean I was just talking about like eating like little like like nail polish bottles and stuff like that. I wasn't really maybe so it was like a different even, like convo. If we found some interesting little bugs or something. Oh yeah, that. I'd love to aspirate a bug. Yeah, um, like a cool looking beetle or something. Yeah, or like a whole butterfly fluttering around inside my lungs. Oh, I like that idea, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't I taken any bugs me. out. Um, so onwards Why, are you to, not up things. for the challenge of removing a bug from our lungs? No, but I've taken you out, think let's you're see, good enough chicken. To do it? What about like little eggs, like little, you know, when those, um, those bugs in the rainforest uh, kind of insert the little babies into you and then they grow inside you and they eventually hatch out of your skin. Have you had any like, creatures or like eggs or anything no unfortunately i haven't had that experience yet although there are certain worms that can actually grow in your lung and kind of come out and like then you swallow them it's all part of the life cycle of the thing um but i haven't had the the situation where i've had to like yank any worms out of people for example um, any yeah hey, Sefi, like, uh-huh. any plastic stuff yeah. Um, well, first off, let's kind of go through the all the elements and all of the different fucking things you could get down there. So I've taken out chicken, uh, beef, so like like pieces of meat and whatnot. That's kind of like you'd expect that kind of thing, right? Um, so there was this one lady, right? She comes in. She's like, yeah, I've been coughing and this and that. And you know, you look at her CT scan. Doesn't look so hot. Look, you know, a little bit of um, inflammation, like looking thing in the right lung. So it's like, all right, well, you've been coughing a really long time. You've been a smoker. Let's make sure you don't have like a lung cancer or something down there, right? So you go down there to go look, make sure there's no tumor, things like that. So get down there and um, I'm like, what is that thing? Like there's this like, um, this, this thing that looks like it's, it doesn't look natural. It doesn't look like part of the actual lung tissue. So you, I grab at it, kind of pull at it. I'm like, holy shit, it's kind of big. Like, <laughs> Start pulling this thing back. And uh, it wasn't obvious on the CT scan because, like, the texture or the density of this thing was not so much that it, like, looked really, really solid in, like, as an object in the lung. It just looked like some kind of, like, hazy thing on the scan. 
So I pull this thing out and I'm like, we're all sitting there looking at this thing. It's like this long piece of plastic it's laid down on a piece of towel, you know, the, on a towel that's on the table. They're like, what is this fucking thing? Like looking at it. They're like, wait a minute. That's a, um, that's a cigarette filter. You know, I'm talking about those little plastic things that some people put like their cigarette in. I was just looking at one of those. I was just about to roll it. <laughs> now so I'm probably the, eat it. <laughs> and by the way, those little filters don't do a fucking thing, by the way. They're, they're not going to protect no, your lungs or whatever. Just smoke normally, probably. So yeah, anyway. I started, um, I started you know, not using them because like, I, I want to like, save the turtles. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, when I smoke at the beach, I don't want to leave the plastic there. <laughs> so anyway we get this thing out so, so she wakes up right she's in her little um, you know she's got her sedation and the, you know the little sedatives they only work like maybe half an hour so you start waking up and I'm like um, I was like you know like we found a cigarette filter in your in your lung and she's like oh that's where that fucking thing went <laughs> <laughs> she wakes up and that's what she says and i'm like wait what like how long ago did you lose this thing yeah that was like back like seven months ago so she's had this fucking thing in her lungs seven months it's like oh that's where it went it's just the strangest thing yeah so it's like so like this and then yeah there's other things i've dug up out of people too but that was kind of that one takes the cake for like um like the weirdest quirkiest shit right like she didn't even know it was down there it's like oh i just lost it you know, stuff like that, Seppi, if, if like someone was quite athletic and they did a handstand and like vigorous, like, I don't know, coughing and chest pushing and stuff, could they get it out themselves or if it somehow get like kind of Yeah, stuck? if she would have done it immediately, yes, it would have popped right out. But the thing is when it gets lodged down there and it gets all like, you know, cruddy, right? It, mm. it just kind of gets just, it just it, stuck. Does it like fuse to the, like the mucus or whatever else is down? A little there? bit. Yeah. It kind of hardens up in there. So it's like, she couldn't cough it up, but she'd been coughing for like, you know, seven months or whatever. And eventually like you, you yank it, you take it out and she feels like, Oh, I feel so much better. <laughs> so that, like, at least it wasn't cancer. Right. Cause like we were worried she'd had yeah. cancer. Effie, you know what would you do? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, thanks. Uh, I was just going to say, you know, there's like a breath, uh, like you like measure your lung capacity. There's like machines with the water that go, up and down say do you know the ones i mean i don't know the yeah, name yeah. for them mm-hmm. well, i just thought i'd let everyone know as a flex we had it in um our high school to like show how it worked and my lung capacity is so big that it like maxed out so yeah just thought i'd let everyone know yeah that's a that's a type of flex um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah what would you do if i okay so like i come down there <laughs> somehow i locate your hospital and then i decide to go and breathe in just like like i get go to the grocery store and i get a bag of like um confectioner sugar you know like powdered sugar and then i go and i just decide to like huff it like i'm just breathing in so much of it like i just like completely cover my lungs with it so and wait, i come some, in and I'm at like, some point did someone give you this instead of cocaine no, like i just decided i wanted like powdered sugar and okay. so i come in and oh i actually have a funny story about that and a pulmonologist but anyway um so i come in and like i'm like coughing and you know what's weird sugar. i actually dreamt this i think I you think dreamt I dreamt this yesterday. Somebody in. asked me about inhaling sugar. Really? Or did you ask it yesterday or the day before? No, I didn't. I've never asked this before. Okay. I just thought sort of it now. That's yeah.
I jumped this for some reason. Anyway, um, go ahead. So I walk into like, I don't know, the emergency room or something. And I'm just like, there's so much in there. It's like I, I took like inhaled the entire bag of it. And I'm just like coughing um, powdered sugar. And everyone's like, oh, my God, like what is going on? Somehow I'm still alive, but I'm coughing up um, powdered sugar. And then everyone's kind of like enjoying it because like the whole emergency room is like filled with powdered sugar. But then call you because they're like, I don't I don't know how this girl is still alive. Her lung, she's coughing up powdered sugar. And then you go and take a look and my lungs are just filled with powdered sugar. And it's like almost turning into like cotton candy or something. Maybe how would you fix it? Well, sugar technically is like uh, can be used by our cells and such. So. If it's powdered sugar, technically it should like, dissolve. Okay, it's like sugar. a pound and a half of sugar. What that? Yeah, so if it's a whole lot, then I've got to like go and put you on a ventilator and just go like literally wash out your entire lung, like from the inside. Oh, so just you wash put it, salt water. How do you wash it? Oh, it's yeah, saline. you put you spray salt water in there and you just kind of like suck it back and then put more and then do it over and over again until all the little particles and shit are out. <laughs> like you're getting very specific questions today like yeah well it's like just, i've never revealed this to you before actually i don't know why since you, this is like what you do but one time i was in the hospital for two weeks um they didn't know why and i was in the icu and it was my lungs um and they never figured it out but what they did tell me after two weeks of being in the hospital they were like oh you have asthma and i was like well that certainly can't be the case because my brother has asthma and so like i like was and he's had it since he was very young and so I was tested for it he was always going to his like asthma NP or whatever I've never had asthma I've never had a single problem with my lungs and then suddenly I was just in the hospital for two weeks in the ICU and that was the only answer they gave me and then they prescribed me like albuterol and I left and I used it maybe one time and then I was just fine. Yeah, what you can get when you're younger is like uh so No, this was like I was like nineteen. Oh, you're nineteen. Yeah. So you, what you can get sometimes is like you can get things like rhinovirus, which is like a virus that will inflame your airways and make you wheeze and do all sorts of things that look like asthma. Um so it it but it's a transient thing. Um it, it will go away after a period of like a couple of weeks and like, you know, whether you do anything for it or not, it does get better. But some kids, especially kids, like, will wind up, like, uh, in a hospital or ventilated, things like that sometimes with these things. But, yeah, it do can Do you happen. ever, um, like, judge people when they come into the ER? Because I remember when this happened to me. Yeah, like, I'm pretty fucking I, judgmental. Like, <laughs> when I went to the ER for the, like, first, like, when this happened, and then I ended up, like, being admitted for the two weeks, I was out at a bar because, obviously, I was in college, and it was, like, a Friday night. And it was like, I'm out at the bar and I could not stop coughing. Like, it was just like, it was getting to the point where I was kind of ridiculous and like people were looking at us. And so I went home and then it was like, I was coughing and coughing and coughing and it would not stop. And then it got to the point where I was coughing so much that like I started coughing up blood, not from my lungs, but because like I was irritating like my throat so much that I started bleeding. And so then I was like, oh, like, okay, fine, let's go to the hospital. Um, but the thing was, since it's recorded, I won't say specifically what it was, but I had done a certain substance earlier that night, um, similar to powdered sugar, and 
the awkward part was that because I wasn't 21 yet, when I went to the hospital where I was, they admitted me to the children's side of the hospital. And so then I was like, oh, fuck, like, this is horrible. Like, this is so embarrassing. Oh, my God. And then I, like, told them that I had been drinking. Um, but then, like, the nurse comes over and, like, the ER doctors are trying to prescribe stuff to, like, help bring down the coughing and, like, whatever. You know, now I know why your au pairs were, like, hanging out for, like, one month at a time. <laughs> yeah. And so then. Because like, you were a fucking psycho bitch for a while. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> so then, like, okay, the, cool. the, the nurse brings over whatever medicine the doctor had, like, prescribed. And then I was, like, it had been hours at that point. Like, I, I thought I was going to be fine. But, like, I trust doctors. And so I was, like fuck like I need to tell them if the nurse comes over and I'm like um like I like I don't know if this is an issue but I just want to let you know that I also did this earlier and then the nurse like snatches away the medicine and she's like now I have to go get the doctor again and she was so mean to me and I think it's probably because I was on the children's side and then the doctor came over and the doctor was like really nice but then for my entire two-week stay it's like they thought I was like like they kept coming and being like, so we saw in your chart that blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh my God, I barely like, this was like, just, this was kind of like a, like, this was a rare occasion. And then it was like every time. And then the pulmonologists were like, oh, it's not good for you, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and yeah, but I would never like, it was so embarrassing having to be on the children's side. And then it was also like, I got admitted to the children's ICU. And it, it was like, if I had just been a couple months older, I would have been in the You're adult 19. ICU. Yeah, I don't know what, it, I don't know why. You were what, like, 17 or what? No, I was 19. That's <laughs> the, really like, old for the children's ICU, like in the UK. They probably ran out of space in the adult section. They just tossed you in the South no, kids section like, or something. They, they said that if you're under 20, like, you don't get admitted at a certain hospital in New York. Oh, it was, yeah. Um, it was uh, Montefiore. I don't know if you know it, but they yeah it was like super strange and then my parents ended up having to come down obviously since i was like in the icu and they were like why are you in the children's side and i was like i don't know it was yeah it was really interesting it's quite the experience well at least Um, i didn't have to pull a hair clip out of you have you you know the small little like um like you know those little spring-loaded hair clips clips. yeah but they make tiny ones right I didn't know they made these tiny little ones, like these little, like, um, I don't know, they're like less than a centimeter or something inside, like they're tiny. And um, I didn't know they even had these things. And some lady's like, yeah, I kind of like lost it. Um, so yeah, fished one of those out, fished different types of meat out of there, um, like uh, bones, like chicken bones, things like that. Yeah, the list goes on and on. It's weird. It's like, I, I don't In even some know if ways, I remember. You're like a fisherman. Yeah, exactly. You're just you're fishing for various little like it's like that magnet story that coach was talking about. You know, you like stick a magnet against the chest, and if it's metal, maybe just pull the fucking thing out. Just pull it out what's through the, that. Um, what's the most scared, like scary thing you've had to take out, or like the scariest situation you've been in as a doctor, where you were like, "Oh shit, I don't know if like, like this is frightening me." Yeah, like uh, pretty frightening is um, like. Uh, so normally, uh, most things that happen in your lung, like where you cough up some blood is usually like a little bit at a time, right? It's like maybe like you, you described, like you're coughing up a small amount. Um, there's only so many things that will actually make you just, uh, um, like cough up any serious amount of blood. Like you have to like have something damage certain arteries. 
certain veins. So like certain types of tumors, certain types of um, like infections where it like erodes into some blood vessels, right? So you don't have like a lot of situations where you're liable to like literally die of coughing up blood. Um, so there's, there's just kind of a short list of things, but just think about this, like your airways are only like maybe the size of like the widest airways are maybe the size of your thumb. So, you know, you're, you're, it doesn't take very much blood to asphyxiate. Like a little bit can like, if it hardens in there, congeals, right? You can basically die. So the scary part's when like, it's okay if blood's like thick and I mean, it's like loose and it's kind of coming up. People are coughing it up. That's not as big of a deal. It's more of a problem if it like congeals in the wrong place and blocks off part of your lung. But like, so that's even manageable most of the time. Like, especially if you're already in a hospital, it's like you're seeing me, you're going to be able to get there and get this thing out and kind of open it up. But where it gets really wicked is um, if you have something that like just immediately erodes into your, into your lung, like it can be just like a horror movie type of thing. Like where it's just like, I remember there was this patient that um, this is like in New Orleans, I think. And um, they came in and like had tuberculosis. And um, what ended up happening was with, with this, like the infection eroded into the pulmonary arteries, which are the big arteries that come from your heart into your lungs. And this person just pretty much just like emptied like their blood onto the floor of the waiting room while these people were sitting. Like it was just a complete bloodbath. It was like a movie, horror movie type of thing. So rare for this to happen. Um, and so rare for you not to just asphyxiate first, right? Like you just arrest right there. So this person would just like, just, just blood sprayed everywhere. And every, like everybody in that room uh, got tuberculosis, which is crazy too. Like just, it's just, she was just this tuberculosis fucking volcano. The entire room became positive for tuberculosis on her, on their skin test. It was pretty wicked. But yeah, like that kind of thing where like, if you're in a procedure or something like that and they start a lot of blood starts coming up. That's pretty scary because you don't have the tools right there. If a major bleed happens to do something about it, you have to go to like um, what they call an interventional radiologist. They have to go in through your main arteries and veins. You have to go into the vessels that are bleeding and you have to coil them and like close them from the inside. You can't, you can't see anything because we have this little camera at the tip of this thing, right? It's just, and when there's bleeding, it just gets covered in blood, just turns red. You can't see anything. So that kind of thing can get kind of scary, I would say. That's kind of more the wicked thing. Um, how does she get tuberculosis? Like, how do people even get that now? Um, it's just an infection. It's just, um, it's still around in the United States. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. Like, people can get it. You just, if you happen to be around somebody that's coughing and they happen to have it. Um, yeah, like, bigger cities like New York, um, like, where you are, like, uh, New Orleans, things like that. There's a fair amount. You're telling so, me I need to be scared of getting tuberculosis now? Yeah, it's, well, I mean, I don't think you have to worry about it too much. It's just more common in more, like, larger cities and things like that. But I don't I don't know how common it is, like, in, in Manhattan and all those areas. Probably not very much. It's is more, that, it's like... You're, aren't we? I thought we were vaccinated against tuberculosis. Are we not? No, no. No, there's not really oh a... Oh, God. There's not a particularly effective vaccine against it. So, like, a lot of countries, it's pretty normal, like like India, Africa, and a lot of other countries. Like you have a lot of places that where it's pretty common, but it's, it's, you still mm -hmm. see it in, in the U S like we have, like, in fact, I have somebody right now we're checking for it, uh, for the possibility of it. Um, yeah. So it happens like sometimes, like here's a weird one. Like, so there was this guy, um, 
And um, I don't know why I giggle when I laugh. When I tell these stories, it's like, I don't know, maybe it's kind of uh, not appropriate. But anyway, um, no, so we had this kid. Um, he um, was um, a hairdresser um, at a, I guess, local barbershop or something. And uh, he sort of showed up and he basically um, – had some seizures and uh, like there was some concern about whether or not he had meningitis. Um, you know, when you're young, you can get meningitis. It's not, it, it can happen. Um, they do vaccinate for it though in schools and such. So especially meningococcal meningitis is pretty common to vaccinate before you go to college and whatnot. Cause it's like spreads within dorm rooms and stuff like that. Right. So you almost never see it because it, everyone's vaccinated against it. So it's almost never happens anymore. But I'm this pretty guy, sure it happened at UMass Amherst like two years ago, actually. Yeah, exactly. It, it happens two students that got it. Yeah, it happens in university settings. So, a lot of times, though, a lot of people will be vaccinated, so they won't get they won't have any problems with it. But meningitis will mess you up, though. It'll like damage your brain uh, pretty quickly, and especially meningococcal meningitis, pretty wicked stuff. So, um, anyway, so, um, so he, um, this guy basically like got some different things that you normally do steroids antibiotics and yada 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 and basically he gets a lumbar puncture and the lumbar puncture comes back with some inflammation demonstrated there but like no definitive like virus or bacteria that we could grow at the time um within a week the kid basically and by kid i mean he's like 20 within a week he was dead like he his he deteriorated his like um cognitive function deteriorated and just like he ended up having brainstem function seized, the guy died. And um, so we, um, like, it's almost like, uh, uh, I, think, I think it was like four or five weeks later, um, you know, and basically we just put down as cause of death, like some sort of meningitis, encephalitis. We never had an organism. We weren't sure what, what actually it was. But then like four or five weeks later, the pathologist calls me and it's like, um, yeah, there's this positive tuberculosis test in from the spinal fluid that we sent off and it, like it's a pretty rare thing to have spinal fluid tuberculosis but he, this guy had it and um he actually had um you don't actually treat that with antibiotics you give steroids he actually got steroids for this so he died despite being on the correct treatment even though we didn't know what it was and um uh so i ended up calling his mother and i'm like okay he's got Tuber he had tuberculosis literally in the spinal fluid and, and got TB meningitis is what they could call that. So yeah, you can even get that. And he, he had no idea. Like, um, uh, when, when he came in, he, like, I don't think there was any known exposure to people with tuberculosis, but, um, you know, if you work in a situation where you see lots of people, right, it's just, it's possible that someone coughed on him at some point and he got active disease and it just affected his brain directly. So it's such a rare case. It's like, um, but it, these kind of strange things happen. Um, I was thinking because you said he was a hairdresser and that reminded me of this thing that I had heard. Have you ever seen like a dog groomer, like what their lungs look like? I've heard that there's this thing called groomer's lung. Is that true? Oh, um, groomer's lung. I'm not sure. Uh, it's like where they, because they're inhaling all of this like dander and like hair and stuff like that. Like, there and let me look it up to make sure that I'm telling the truth and I'm not thing. making this up. But yeah, it might be a thing. But I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen like dog owners or 
anything like that have any particular issues? Actually, cat owners like yourself have way more issues with respiratory problems than dog owners. Oh, thanks. So I'm going to get tuberculosis, and I'm also going to die because I have a cat. Well, no, not die, but more asthma problems usually with cats. Mm. I'll be back in the Yep, and you're going to die because you got kidney stones in your uh, lungs as well. Sefi. That's a weird problem, yeah. Sefi, if you you wanted to say if you had an enemy, maybe uh, Jer Bear, if he's still here. He's gone. Oh, he's still here. Um, if you had an enemy like Jebbear and you wanted to murder him, but you wanted it to look like an authentic medical problem, or like a, like just some natural occurrence, some medical problem, how would you do it? Like, how would you murder him? How would you set it up such that there are... Okay, so you've got a few factors here. You need to make it seem as if it's a, a natural medical occurrence. And you also need there to be like no witnesses or whatever. You've got to somehow set him up for it um, in quite a covert way. Um, like how, how would you do it using all of you drawing upon your your what like 30 years of medical expertise how would you murder him well let's start by how you not murder somebody um so there's this one <laughs> crazy plastic surgeon um and uh, like he he got into a some sort of love affair with like um no his his wife got into a love affair with a doctor in another town and um you know out of rage and jealousy he went to like i don't know how he discovered this person a bar or some shit um somebody who agreed to basically murder his wife in exchange for uh, whatever and he basically paid for this in gold bars apparently i guess he has gold bars so you know if you suddenly take a bunch of cash out of the bank right it looks kind of suspicious so Somehow or another, they discovered that's what this guy was. He did this thing, and then they locked him up. <laughs> so um, don't do that. So that's not a good way to murder somebody. I just hire a hitman, and uh, like the hitman, like narks on you or whatever. Because like, and uh, and and actually, he never actually even. Uh, mm. I don't think he even actually murdered the wife. He just like told on him, and next thing you know, he went to prison. Um. So, but as far as like, yeah. Um, so, okay. So, so the main, like, the main challenge is to make it look. It's it, the main challenge is basically to fool a doctor like you. Yeah, so sure. Put down like the cause of death as some natural thing. Sure. So um, let's see. Um, okay. You, the best so way for, not just be like sepsis, like just like give them little like things. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So um, so one thing would be um, so. Number one, you don't want to have like suffer from something really rare, right? Because that would that might be like, wait, why did this person get this? Um, that would be um, a little bit unusual, or something that is uh, like so unusually hard uh, to actually perform doesn't make sense either, right? Like, how are you going to deliver this like <laughs> bio weapon or yeah. whatever the fuck you're doing? Um, then the other thing is like autopsies aren't done very frequently anymore. Um, like, so for example, when I have people that show up and they die and we're not really sure why they died, like typically, um, most places don't do routine autopsies on things anymore. The only, like if someone dies within 24 hours of arrival at the hospital, then what happens is, is you would, it, you have to report it to, um, like the coroner as a, like death within 24 hours, but you don't have to, um, like if you believe like reasonably like what the cause might've been, like let's say some kind of heart attack or 
um, whatever. And if you feel like confident enough to make a diagnosis, that's you know, pretty close. Um, you're not going to be able to make a perfect one because even on autopsies, you can't make a perfect diagnosis on some sudden deaths. But, um, yeah, there's quite a few cases where it's like, well, you have to just kind of approximate what you think has probably happened. Like in fact that happened like two days ago where a guy, you know, like on Thursday, like this last Thursday was kind of winded, shorter breath a little bit, right? shows up and not feeling so hot he sits in the er for a little bit he all his stuff is negative his labs are negative his ekg all the other things that we check are negative right for what we look for heart attacks and whatnot and um within a few hours the guy basically arrested just out of the blue he was chit-chatting whatever he rests and he didn't survive cpr um it, so it's actually a really quick demise so in that case like there's only so many things that cert cause a certain rhythm so we assumed you know, he probably had a pulmonary embolism or lung clot, right? And the reason for that is just the the speed of his demise, the type of heart rhythm when he arrested, all these kind of things. You have to kind of like, when you're there during someone's death, it's a little bit more clear what possibilities there are compared to if you were not there. Like, let's say someone just finds you, um, you know, in a uh, whatever, in a, you know, hotel room death, for example. Like, you may not like see the actual deaths. So you don't know how, like what steps happened. So it makes it harder to figure out what it is. But yeah, so if someone's going to do something nefarious, um, I think, yeah, mimicking what would otherwise be sort of like a natural occurrence is the thing. But the thing is like, um, let's see, how many of those possibilities are there? Um, you know, when you when they show you these like TV movies and shit like that, where like, I don't know, like House or some other bullshit show where like, nope. they, like they go through some like excruciating detail and they figure out like, you know, uh, who got murdered and why. Well, for starters, like, if there's not, not an obvious reason for someone to assume that uh, there was a motive, right, like a criminal intent somewhere, you're not really, like, barking down that tree, so to speak. You're not really going down that road because, like, why would you, like, where would you even start, number one? Like, drug testing, for example, only covers a certain thing. Every time in these like fucked up crime labs and these movies, right? Like there's always like some nerd with a microscope and like fucking like a whole bunch of, um, you know, uh, a whole bunch of like chemistry sets and stuff. And they're figuring out every little, uh, every little possible thing that, um, you know, could be down there. But like, you don't normally find like that kind of thing. There's no such thing. Like most things you can't detect. Right. So you know, you might, um, you know, so if you're going to like uh, do something really nefarious, you, you, you'd want it to be something like, um, it doesn't require like a complicated story. Like, you know, like for example, let's say you had a poison that you swallow, right? Um, how would you get someone to swallow that? Right. So it's like, <laughs> so yeah, I think something that would be like, I think maybe ingestible and really kind of you know, high concentration or something like that. But like, it's much more straightforward, I think. I think probably some level of like murders and this and that happen where people don't even realize that that's what happened, like it was an actual killing. I think that's possible. Um, how frequent doesn't occur, I, don't, I have no idea. But like, um, yeah, something in super high concentration that someone might, you know, decide to overdose on because they're abusing drugs or something like that might make sense. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tricky. Like uh, unless there's like a motive involved and you can identify someone. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of tough. Like I think usually if something weird happens, like 
I don't know, someone that was perfectly healthy just suddenly dies or something and people are looking for a possible motive or, and mom shows up and says, oh, mm-hmm. the boyfriend was like uh, blah, blah, blah and threatening to kill her or something like that. And something like that, you might do a deeper investigation or call police and they kind of like do their own fucking crime lab shit, right? But yeah, as long as the, the key is like not to attract like attention in the first place because the doc's not going to be able to do all sorts of like fancy diagnostic shit on a routine kind of case right it's just not a thing so like the tv shows make it sound like oh yeah you can detect murder and left left right and center and they all get caught right in the actual movies but that's probably not the case in real life anyway um a hypothetical here well not really a hypothetical well sort of a hypothetical more of a question oh, but to, to answer the actual question by the way like bruce uh yeah something simple like carbon monoxide poisoning <laughs> Like where there's just no way to to sort out what happened. Another uh, question that's kind of related is: Have you ever had to fire uh, like a nurse or a doctor for doing something nefarious, like during your um, your work? You know, like in the UK, there were I think in the UK there were some nurses who were um, fucking around with patients. There was also that case of like Harold Shipman. Do you remember that guy, mm-hmm. Sefi? Like the the serial murderer who potentially killed like hundreds of people. Um, are there any, ever any like yeah there there was a like an uh and i remember there was like a doctor fucking some nurse in the parking garage and like <laughs> like one of these actual like tv show type things and um i think like you know people saw this sort of pda happening over there and like these two are both married and i don't know what what else but like the entire thing was like all right they they booted him for this per- for this reason but it wasn't it wasn't particularly that yeah. exotic and yeah but no harm for for patients no 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 um now as far as like harm stuff yeah i'll give well yeah here's an interesting situation so there was this young uh like uh i guess like kind of immigrant um like non-english speaking almost like i think it was somali or something like that maybe and um what ends up happening with this guy is like he came in just like a young guy um it's sad like 19 something like that he shows up and uh he's got some indigestion and uh he shows up in the er um you know, like a gastritis type of thing, you know, little acid, things like that, right? So normally what I would do in a case like that, if I was working a year, I'd just do something simple, like little, you know, antacid, little, you know, calcium carbonate Tums, you know what I'm talking about, right? Give them some of that, see if it quells the discomfort and see if it's just an acid thing or something. Um, keep it really simple. But um, I don't know why, but like the doc decided to give like um, IV pepsid which is you know like the h2 blocker pepsid you know what i'm talking about yeah um, the, the motor the, yeah 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 simple simple and acid but it's like it's pretty basic not it's not a big deal like you know okay fine it's iv whatever it's like the idea is to like see if the symptoms go away and if they go away like you know the kid can go home it's not a big deal right um so the nurse goes and um into the cabinet where the meds and whatnot are kept and um it's interesting like the the brain will see whatever the um it wants to see and sometimes will override what you're um well i'm not, I'm not sure what the exact term for this is but just imagine this she goes into the cabinet she's looking for um pepsid 
and next to the pepsid or whatever in the refrigerator is the IV pancuronium. Pancuronium is a paralytic agent we use to like make you stop breathing, you know, to place you on a ventilator, do an operation, right? Keep you from moving completely. Um, and so it's right next to it in, in the fridge, I suppose. I don't know. I don't know why like that particular agent was there, but there it was. So she grabbed this thing thinking, you know, completely like that this was Pepsid, right? In her mind, she's thinking Pepsid. And when she saw the pancuronium in her head, right, it's like looking at a blind spot. It just, your mind can play tricks on you and you can, pl you can pick up the wrong thing. Um, it's not that different from like, imagine you're driving a car and you've, you've probably all, if you've driven, like you look in your blind spot, right? And you think, Hey, I don't think there's anything in my blind spot, but you look again, right? Have you done that? <laughs> like, or maybe you look at your blind spot, assume there's no car or you're at, you, you think there's no car, but then there actually is one, right? You can make yeah. these mistakes, right? Because like sometimes your actual, um, um, you know, retina, you know, the blind spot on your retina is what actually faced your thing. You didn't turn your head enough or something like that. But similarly, like with, uh, medications and things, um, if you believe what you're picking up is something, your belief can actually manifest that as in your head as like, okay, I picked up the right thing. So she picked up this pancuronium, um, which we would normally use to like sedate and then uh, paralyze someone for like intubation purposes, things like that. That's why it's in this cabinet. And um, so she goes and gives this 19 year old kid this pancuronium, which we thought was, she thought was like just a simple famotidine type of thing, right? So what happens, um, she gives this thing and, you know, she's figuring, oh, yeah, no, I'll check back with him like probably 30 minutes, an hour. I mean, what the fuck? He's here for dyspepsia or something, right? Like just a little bit of gastric acid thing. Like she's not expecting anything. So she walks out. And, you know, you're not doing, you're not like following vital signs every five seconds or something, you know, like in a person mm -hmm. who has a little acid problem. So she walks out. He obviously stops breathing. Um, and then, of course, like it's not noticed until like the alarm goes off that he's arresting. Um, and then, um, by the time everything's all said and done, he actually, um, he, you know, he had stopped breathing for a sufficient enough period of time that basically he had like permanent brain damage from this whole event, a uh, pretty substantial anoxic brain injury. So you have this 19 year old kid who basically has just really, I, he barely made it out alive actually, but had a lot of functional brain damage afterwards from this. So it's a pretty miserable situation. And of course, like the hospital gets sued and this and that because this happened. But like, it's not intentional that this happened, but like definitely you can make um, human mistakes when it comes to these kind of weird situations. And, Happy, uh, did you hear about the, that's like sounds really, really similar to, I can't remember what her name was, but that nurse from Vanderbilt whose name started with an R like very recently and they tried her on manslaughter charges. For, yeah. What was, I don't remember what it, her name was. Is it, is it Michigan or was it Vanderbilt? I thought it was, I think she was a travel nurse. I think it was Vanderbilt, but, um, where she, I think it was like almost the same thing. I think she had accidentally given a paralytic and then the woman like stopped breathing. I think when they were like, I think, I don't know. I don't know exactly what it yeah, was, but in some case, like, like, like in scan or something, but I think she was yeah. found guilty. And they did this kind of thing in, um, I think Michigan or Wisconsin, I don't remember which, there was a case where a pregnant lady got an epidural and got um, the wrong drug in her epidural. Um, I don't remember what the substitution was, but whatever. The point is like the wrong thing went down the epidural that she was having for like her baby delivery or whatever. 
and um, you know, I guess killed the mom or what have you in this like this incident. But yeah, basically, like when it whenever it comes to these drugs and stuff, like they've become more and more sophisticated in terms of like the type of uh, computerized cages they put these things in. So the, and then like confirmation with a second person, and then all these like um, you know like methods to kind of like reduce the likelihood of human error. But yeah, like the bottom line is like in comp in these situations, people can make um, like people can always make mistakes. I don't care if it's a pilot or or fucking like um if you, you'd be shocked actually how many people have like mm, like on the highway that you drive next to can probably get you killed like the number of people that are have like severe sleep apnea this and that who are barely alert or have seizures and so yeah anytime in life like i don't care where you are like in this technological world there's always the possibility something fucked up can happen like there just is like no matter what no matter where you go and how you live like no matter how diligent people think they are, but yeah, I, the, what you're describing um, has happened, but the manslaughter thing is the interesting part actually. Cause like, you know, do you like take someone whose motive was not to do ill will with a mistake that can literally be made by anybody? Do you actually ruin that individual's life on top of the person who died is questionable yeah. because well, the problem is whole, like... what happens is, is then doctors and nurses simply won't take care of high risk things. If you're going to like, subject them to prison and shit for a mistake then it's like because you can you can save like like literally like you know 20 30 40 50 thousand lives at a time and then like make one mistake and get like skewered for it then people are gonna be like fuck this i'm out of here i'm not doing this stupid job like you know so yeah, there's like there's i think a that was the um with i think her name was Ru rwanda maybe i don't know something with an r but i have a lot of friends that like just became nurses and stuff like that. And um, like there was this huge thing because they were like, well, this starts a precedent of like trying, you know, doctors and nurses for like human error, which like there's human error in every single job. And yeah, like the like nurse was like, she felt like she, I think she voluntarily gave up her license and everything. Like she felt awful and the family didn't even want her to be tried. Like they, they forgave her and everything. And, the prosecutor still went forward with the case. It was kind of crazy. Yeah, these these, these prosecute these these kind of like prosecutorial witch hunts and things like that are fucking weird. Um, yeah, it's like when the motive wasn't there, and like you're you're claiming that this person just an imbecile and and this type of thing. Whereas like highly credible nurses can make these mistakes. Like it's just not a it's not like any one of you could make mistakes like this. Um, mm -hmm. they're, they're, the brain is not. Like the brain can't fully be trusted in these situations. Like your mind um, can play tricks on you when it comes to like, like you think you see one thing, but you actually see something else, right? Like there's this whole, yeah, it's it's a tricky thing. Yeah, it's really funny because my mom obviously she's just retired from being a nurse, and um, now it's she would be absolutely loving this conversation because I walk into the front room and she sat there on my dad's computer. I'm like, Mum, what are you looking at? And she's like, oh, uh, nothing. And I look over her shoulder and she's just, she's only gone and stalked all of the nursing tribunals again because like the NHS, the National Health Service, they release every time a nurse or a doctor gets fired or a healthcare assistant, anyone that works there um, because they have like a whole like mini court system and all that stuff and see if they get fired or they get leave or, or they even go to court. 
Um, so every single week there's like, because it's a massive employer in the UK, so there's a massive page of all the stories and the right. transcripts, and she loves it. Yeah, that's weird. Like, yeah, I, I've, been, I've been pretty fortunate, actually, because I started so young, like, the and a uh, particular field that I'm in, to not have had, like, a legal event of any kind during the course of my career is actually pretty um, pretty impressive. Uh, whether that's going to stay that way, you never know. Like, people can sue for anything they want. But the, um, yeah, I've been pretty fortunate in that regard. No particular events that kind of led to any kind of, like, um, you know, kind of, like, uh, legal style events because there's a lot of like elements to that too it's like it's not just you doing something quote unquote wrong like the way the legal system works is like anybody does something wrong they drag everybody into it and they'll like go after whoever has the deepest pockets in terms of insurance and this and that like malpractice insurance and all so um yeah they, it can be it can easily turn into a clusterfuck so it's actually important that everyone functions at a high level so that you don't do you know you don't have a lot of problems um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, cause I've seen probably like, if you just look at all the different teams I run and this and that, I mean, I, like, I've, I guesstimate that I've probably dealt with probably over a hundred thousand patients at least. That's a lot too. Like we, I see a lot of people like generally speaking. So it's like probably like, um, uh, you know, like the number of folks I might see is like probably in the, I don't know, in the top like five percentile in sheer volume in the country probably um and then like just like just the sheer chances of having a bad event happen are pretty high right um so that and just having been doing this longer because i started younger um yeah i've been pretty fortunate not to have had any kind of like some sort of massive legal event and that's not this it's not to say that like nobody's died like it's normal to have like people die in the intensive care setting, right? Like your people are super, super sick. Like you can do everything perfectly correctly and people can still deteriorate, right? So uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've probably dealt with something like, I don't know, I'm, I'm just kind of like ballparking it at this point, but it's probably something in the neighborhood of like 20,000 deaths probably. I mean, if you like, you know, 20 to 30% of people that show up in an ICU die, you know, I've seen probably over 100,000. So like that parks ballparks it and probably like, 15 to 20,000 deaths. That's a lot, right? Just imagine like I've seen every possible way you can die. You can possibly imagine, which is very unusual. So it's like, uh, it's like more than like an average, like you see more death than, for example, like someone at war or something like that. Like even the most like war torn fucked up situation, most soldiers don't see that many deaths. Right. So it is an interesting, um, life experience in a sense that you get from that. When you first um, qualified and stuff, like, did you did it take a while to get used to sort of dealing with so much death on a regular basis, or were you always sort of naturally, you know, quite uh, professional? Professional, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, I think you... I think I was sort of like uh, I don't know about attracted to dealing with it, but like I was um, uh, very early. I kind of like had that sense, maybe, of how to like approach uh families about this type of thing because really you're not talking to the person at that point you're usually talking to their 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 family and friends right so like even yeah very very early i got I, like participated more in that process so whereas a lot of people kind of shy away from that sort of shit right they don't want to like they don't want to talk about it with people so yeah there's nothing particular in my like life before that that would be like oh yeah this guy's going to want to like 
deal with death, destruction, and chaos. Like there's nothing specific. It's just like you just gravitate towards it, like um, what it is that you sort of are good at in these contexts. Like I don't know. Um, yeah, like picking this particular field probably had to do with like a mixture of my tendencies over the course of like school and residency and this and that. And then you kind of specialize in this sort of thing. Um, so yeah, over the course of maybe seven years, like the sort of attract, there's also other elements too. Like ICU is you, you, like, is more like a, think about kind of a military type arrangement where like, uh, there's sort of a chain of command and like during events, like, you know, people need to listen to what you say and, you know, you can't have a bunch of like chaos going on. Um, so yeah, it's like a little bit more like a military unit to some extent, um, when it gets really busy, especially um than than other areas of like medical um so yeah Safi, what do you think uh, what's your opinion on um male doctors that gravitate towards obstetrics and gynecology like what do you th- where do you stand on that so so think about it this way like why does anyone choose anything in medicine is kind of like the first question so some people are like, oh, why do some people become urologists or why do some people become neurosurgeons or whatever? I found that like with students and such, um, a lot of the direction people go in is like all these ancillary things like, okay, who gets paid what might be one reason people go, right? Like it's some financial incentive. Oh, like, um, I don't know, dermatologist makes more money or something or a plastic surgeon. So some of it's financial, some of it's um, people make these choices because like there's some reason why they're attracted to some like organ system or something. Um, Some of it's because like some people prefer like a clinic practice, things that are done not in the hospital, but like outpatient stuff. Other people prefer the like the drama of inpatient stuff. Um, So like there's all these different like little things that play a role. I wouldn't say that like, um, yeah, I mean like, why do guys gravitate toward this? I don't know. I remember like at some point or another, like almost all gynecologists were men. So that was kind of different. But then later as more, um, like way more women got into medicine. Now it's probably kind of even, um, women tend to prefer women as gynecologists. So like at this point, it's gotten to a point where it's like, um, a woman probably doesn't care if it's a woman or a man usually. But many I mean, women I would, care. If it, it, many women only want a woman, woman, right? So it's like it's this weird like marketing problem where it's like you're going to a field where there's a fair chance that some people just don't want you, which is weird. Yeah, but, but like, like you said, like they're like some people are drawn to certain organ systems. So like, <laughs> I, I just find it so fucking weird when guys yeah, want to no, be think, think, think about it this way: like, think about a dentist, right? okay, I like teeth, I like white teeth, and I want to make everyone's teeth nice and make them smile or some shit, right? Like you, you come up with this narrative in your head of why it is you do what you do. And I don't know, like, what is the narrative in a guy's head that says, oh, like, I want to, you know, fix people's gynecologic problems or whatever. I, like, it's, I yeah. Like, I would but, love to know because I think but it's is it like but is it like, but this, this conception that it's like more of a sexual thing is probably largely nonsense. And the reason is because like, I don't think it's um, necessarily yeah. sexual, but I think like, I think it's w- strange though, because like, I, I don't know. It just seems odd because at the, I don't think know. about it. Like if, when you're doing, like when you're doing, um, 
like most of like gynecologic things, right? It's like super clinical and you, Mm -hmm. well, it's not like, it's not like I haven't when I worked ER or like medical school and residency and everything. It's not like how to do a, you know, a gajillion pelvic exams. It gets pretty much like whatever, like it's like literally like, oh, great. Actually, in fact, it's the other way around. It's not like, (laughs) oh, I want to go like, um, I can't wait to do this pelvic exam. You're like, oh, fuck, do I got to do a pelvic exam now? Like, that's how it feels like. (laughs) One time, um, when I was also when I was in the hospital, um, I (laughs) was just like a really bad two weeks for me. I also had to get a pelvic exam because I thought my IUD was misplaced. And when I was at the hospital, I think they were like excited because they're like, oh, yeah, like the girl in the children's unit like needs a pelvic exam. This is a great teaching moment. And so then they bring in like the male like resident or I don't whatever the fuck he was like whoever that was like on yeah, my case or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and the like attending OBGYN or whatever was like, oh, do you like do you mind if he does the pelvic exam? And I'm kind of a pushover. And so <laughs> I was like like fuck no I don't want like the well one I don't want the medical student to do like the (laughs) pelvic exam like no but I said yes and then he like oh my god he was so bad at it like he was like struggling and I was like writhing in pain and then finally like the attending stepped in and was like stop 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 like you're hurting her and I was like oh my god I hope this guy like does not become an OBGYN so funny. I just don't understand it. And that, but that's my only experience yeah. ever with like a male like doctor it's doing like, any. I really need to learn, but I'm never letting a junior doctor have a go. Like <laughs> stuff like that, or like a spinal tap, or even cannulas. You get to like train nurse in training to do a cannula on your hand if you need Actually, it. The funny thing is, a lot of times, usually the residents are the ones that do the procedures best because a lot of times, so actually that's a, that's a pretty common misconception. Like if you walk into a hospital, the residents are the ones that they're most actively doing these things all the time. The, the odds are that you're actually going to get a better experience than some old guy that like doesn't know how to do shit anymore. Oh, so fine, like, not in my case. Yeah, so yeah, it just, it, it, it's going to vary. Yeah. Obviously, it'll vary, but yeah, it's like uh, no, it was like, uh, yeah, it was like I remember doing like these like uh, urgent care ER type things for a while, and um, and it was like the most annoying thing to have to go do a pelvic exam because it's like it's it's always in the midst of some. It's not like oh, it's like really sexy or some shit. It's like it's always in the midst of some infection, this, that, and the other thing. Is you're not really thinking of it in this, in this regard at all. Like, so you don't care like, about women, Sophie? Yeah, well. You're like not enough to you. become a gynecologist. Not enough to be you a gynecologist. A, you need a pelvic exam. Screw you. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, it's no. It's like you groan and you have to do it. But it's not like you. It's not like you're not going to. You're going to do whatever it takes. But the point is, like, it's not like it's oh, like it's entertaining or some shit. Like it's like not that not that interesting. Yeah. I feel like it's like like the part that I. Well, maybe this actually. Maybe I should be thinking about it the other way. Because I was going to say. When I, I think I talked about this, how I got my hormonal IUD removed and I got a non-hormonal one placed. And when they placed it, they did like the internal ultrasound and it was so cool. Like you see like your whole uterus. I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And then I was like, maybe like, I guess I could see how that would be The weird thing is though, I always thought like, I always thought like, wait a minute, like if I have to go do all these pelvic exams and stuff, is it going to just like mess with my... Like, ruin like it for you. yeah, it's gonna ruin it for me. It's gonna be like I'm just like used to seeing like people with 
infections and girls with like whatever like <laughs> the concern was not so much oh like i, I you know well, you know it, so this idea that somehow like you, you, you know this thing is somehow like exciting or something is just largely nonsense it's the other way around it's like oh do i really want to see all this and then like then i can't just you know maybe later i can't experience like normal like whatever mm-hmm. um so that was kind of a weird be, like like pissed paranoia. off if my husband was an OBGYN. Like I'd just like he'd come home and I'd just like already be in a bad mood. That's funny. Yeah. Well, because it's Actually, not even my... like what about when you're doing like normal, like just like the yearly checkup? Or like you have to go, you're examining other women's breasts, like no thanks. Like like I would be so fucking pissed every time he came home. That could never work for me. But that's okay. It's kinda weird though, like after you've thought of this like for years and years and years of like this clinical thing. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, you'll hear about some creepy shit. Like, you'll hear about people who, like, um, like there's, you know, there's going to be at some point, like, some doc that is, like, abuses their, like, whatever, right? And and is kind of like a creep or something. But I would say it's pretty rare. Pretty freaking rare. Like, it's just not, it's just not common in, 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 in as far as I've seen. But anyway. Just to jump in, like, um, I don't understand what role gender plays in medicine um you know it doesn't what difference does it make if it's a male OBGYN? like somebody um, has to do the job and if there's no females for the job like somebody has to yeah do actually the job, some right? women actually specifically prefer a male they're like i don't want yeah <laughs> i don't want a woman because and like, also plastic plastic surgeons the ratio is five men to one woman right so it's like i don't know yeah like it it's interesting like there's some women that are like well you know, uh, they don't like to listen to other women. So it's like, they're like, fuck it. If it's a guy, like, I'm just going to listen <laughs> or something. It's, I've had interesting, um, like, yeah, I've heard things like that too, which is strange. I would rather die of cervical cancer than ever have one of those uh, checks. <laughs> like, death before dishonor. I'm literally never doing that. I don't care. You've never had a hey, pap smear? Talk is cheap. No, of course I haven't had a pap smear. I've never had anyone look at my vagina. Dara, you're making me so scared. Sorry, but I mean, I just want your nurse mom to smack you around. (laughs) I'm just so different. Go ahead. What's up? Did did you go to a med school in the States? Yes, yes. Does your hospital like discriminate against like international graduates? Um, Residency? Not really, no. No? No, no, I don't think so. In fact, uh, there's just not enough. so yeah, called local graduates, yeah, yeah. it's not gonna. Okay. Why? What? What? What do you do? I'm just asking because like, I'm in Canada and you know, I've been waitlisted like three years in a row now. Um, after interviews, and it's just getting annoying. So I've applied to like Michigan State and then New York. Hmm. Um, and like uh, like my stats are way above like their averages. So hopefully, I work something about. I'm just worried about like residency and stuff. Yeah. Oh, you're applied to what medical or school or what? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty competitive. And it's, and it's particularly like which state you apply to and stuff too, because like some states have way more like spots than others. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, there's so many dynamics to the whole goddamn thing. It's just pretty frustrating. Um, but yeah, like the, 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 le- the level of competitiveness is quite high. Oh, so yeah. 
yeah, the type of things you have to kind of do to impress someone on a resume is not all that easy, actually. At, at the but it's age. worse. Than, it's worse in Canada because we have so many few schools. Yeah, like you Canada's guys have a school for every state, right? We don't. Yeah, so. Canada's got issues for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then we have a we have we're complaining about less doctors too. So. <laughs> yeah, it's like simultaneously both problems. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. Hopefully, you hear something useful. Thanks, but you never know with these things. Yeah, it's 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 actually a pain in the ass because like like medical career is a very specific thing, right? Like the, the, the degree, the, the undergrad shit you do, all the testing mm-hmm. and all the bullshit. So like not getting into these things. <laughs> yeah. Not getting into these things means you fucking don't know how to do anything, which is really yeah. stupid actually. Um, so yeah, like there's a lot of things with the system that I think don't make sense, mm-hmm. but like there's only so many ways to sort of like find the people with the appropriate caliber or capabilities, or whatever. So it's, it's difficult. Yeah, like most people don't want to, like, you guys are worried about, oh, like, the slightly inexperienced pelvic exam doctor. What you don't really want is just a complete fucking moron. Like, so that's a different set of problems, right? So, like, you, you do want them to get trained well, and you, you do want, like, some selection process for these things, because you don't want, uh, it's sort of like, like a, a pilot, you know, like, you probably want some basic level of pilot. Like, you don't, like, you don't want the IQ 70 person that's going to, like, you know, have no clue what to do if a problem happens. Yeah, I mean, um, where my mum worked when she was in eyes, um, some we live in quite a rural area of England, so these old people would hobble in. There was like two white doctors and four brown doctors, which is like the most brown people in the whole county. Um, like genuinely, there's no none. It's all white. Um, and these old people would come in and they'd say, "Yeah, you're like you're with Doctor Hamza," and they'd be like, "No, I don't want him. I want a white doctor." So they just switch over the books and give them the white <laughs> The funny thing in the U.S. is like I don't think there's like a lot of there's not that much of that happening because you have so many people like of a like of Indian descent, for example, in the United States, and so many have gone into like medical careers. That it's like pretty much normal. It's like if people don't like think of it like you know. Uh, yeah, it's just different in the UK culturally. Yeah, I don't know if culturally there's still kind of that, like, that, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny because, like, they, you know, they'll make, there's all these claims of, like, oh, like, you know, Americans are racist and all this other gobbledygook bullshit. But, like, realistically speaking, um, I think people respect um, capability. They respect, like, um, like uh, you know, if you, if you reasonably know what you're doing, you know how to communicate this and that. Like, I don't, like my wife doesn't have any issues, for example. Um, yeah, it's, it's not that common of a problem. Mm-hmm. You'll have an occasional redneck type person, right? That is kind of like, you're never going to have zero events, right? Like that's just unrealistic. Um, but actually the ever- funny thing is actually, um, there's plenty of people that are like brown and black that are ultra racist too. Like, so you have that flip side as well. You see it all the time. Um, have you ever had to fire someone for being too fucking stupid? Oh, actually fire someone. Um, or like, or like there's, there's a doctor that you got to know and you were like, how the fuck did they slip through the cracks? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, there was, there is a rare occasional case and it's, it's actually sort of difficult to, to, to fire someone in a sense, in the, in the classic sense. But yeah, every so often we have like a trainee that's so like socially fucking inept that and pisses every, everybody off kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. We've had a couple of those. 
Yeah, I guess it's a problem because a lot of a lot of like the um, people get good test scores and they enter medical school and they have like provisional interviews and whatever. And they do in the UK, I think there's the like the MCAT test or whatever else. Um, but I guess that doesn't really it doesn't really signify much about like how is somebody going to be dealing with families and and like to tell somebody somebody has died and updating the the families on the condition and stuff. Like there's almost I think initially there's almost no like test social ability. Which is massive. Yeah. I guess it's part of your job, Sophie, like to like, to be able to. Like for the test, the only real test for like empathy and consciousness um, is the actual entry exams into the unis and the the medicine courses, and that's from the interviews. But like everything other than that in the UK, at least, is all just like a test based, and that's mean. Like from my degree, a lot of people wanted to go into medicine, and like. They were just like the nittiest little like meeks in the world. Like they were so like, just they, I wouldn't want them to be my doctor. Like they, I couldn't talk to them about anything. Like they just regurgitate stuff. And mm-hmm. it's good to get into school, but yeah, it's not but, good. To uh, but I would say like the reality is after having trained like so many like resident students and this and that, like the, you any given country, like if you have a certain need for a certain level, like IQ profession. The pro- the odds that you're going to get enough people that have sufficient like intellectual capacity and or like sort of like what you might consider like humanly perfect in these other domains, the number starts getting smaller and smaller. So um, you, you just like typically just won't have enough people in a in a um, like in, in, within the context of an entire country to fill all those domains. That's just. That is what it is. So at some level, you are kind of like, you know, is you're starting to scrape the bottom of the of the barrel a little bit, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, you're you're kind of like, so there is a little bit of that that always happens. You're never going to find like perfect candidates for everything. Um, that's why it gets even more complicated. Remember when Carrie was here and she was like, oh, like, you know, you know why why are you teaching women this way and that way? And that whole that whole argument, she just kind of got all fired up. So, um, like the thing is like, once you start doing other things, like you're like, oh, I need to pick fit this many people of certain races and I got to fit this many people of different like sexes and all this other shit. Um, it gets even harder to find people with that mixture, right? Like, cause now you're forced to like pick people based on these other criteria and you, and you, you have to forego some of these, these other things that you would normally consider, right? Cause your pool is getting smaller and smaller, right? So that's, that's part of the thing. I'm so glad I'm not a doctor, Sophie. <laughs> it's uh yeah, it is what it is. Like it's a very specific type of uh, Yeah. Like I think it's so interesting deal. and it would be great, but it's also like in terms of my life enjoyment, I think I would just be so uh it would be over for Anisa Sals, you know. I thought about it. I thought about applying after I did my um neuroscience masters. I thought about yeah. it for but I just I, I value time and freedom way too much and yeah, maybe that's what I mean, like like the next 30 years I think yeah yeah like yeah it depends on yeah exactly it's a question of like time and you know what, like you, you might consider like whether it's earnings potential and all those other elements to go into it like um, but yeah it's pretty time consuming like I had to sacrifice a substantial portion of my like uh, time where you would have mm-hmm. like everyone else would have been playing around in college and fucking around and doing this and that like um, pretty much went through like 
high school, college, just ripping through most of it, like just month, you know, all the time, right? Like even summers and everything. Mm. So, um, yeah, you have to like sacrifice some of that. Um, and the only way you can be happy doing all of it. What's that? (laughs) What if, uh, Bruce, Addy, me and you all were doctors and then we all had a practice? Um, (laughs) what type of or what type of doctor would you be? And coach, what type of doctor would you be? I'd be a plastic surgeon. I fuck people up. I give them like they they come in for like a nose job, and I give them a huge fucking like Pinocchio snout and shit. You'd like only like modify only one boob and stuff like that. They tell me they want to look a certain way, and and they come out of surgery, and they look in the in the mirror, and they'd have like a a double fucking length nose, and I'd be like, well. You know, the studies say that this long nose would, would give you a lot of attention and make you a unique person and it'd probably be good for your character. I you just convince them that this like modified nose is actually good for them. And yeah, I justify it and I give them loads of studies to read and stuff. And I'd be like, off you go, enjoy your large snout. Make sure you make your, your monthly payments. I would really like to. <laughs> your monthly payments, I like that. What would you it's be, like, Sarah? It's on financing. <laughs> Um, I think, uh, like endocrinology, like hormones and stuff. I think that would be really cool. Um, if not, uh, like eyes, I think from all the stuff I had about my mum, I know about all the conditions now, so <laughs> I've got a head start. And, um, I think it's really cool. Yeah. I like eyes and I like, uh, I like hormones. Mm. I just want to do something where I can trick people and then that's all that I really yeah, care about. Yeah. You'd have to come do what I do, I guess. Oh, so well we can't have two I'm going to have to like outperform you and oust you from the practice yeah um, funny, funny thing was like actually um, wait you so, get to trade people uh huh how often um, I don't know like maybe once every couple of weeks something like that you, you should say that Addie's your daughter and then wait to bring your daughter into work <laughs> yeah could you do that I can just sit and watch yeah, I can trick you. You want me to trick you? Well, won't I have a hole in my throat forever then? Yeah, but you've got a hole in your nose. You've got like that ring, right? So what else is new? That's a tiny little <laughs> hole. Wouldn't I? Don't, don't, doesn't like ruin. Like, I don't think I want a hole in my throat. I just want to trick some. Can I trick you? Oh, you want to trick somebody. You want to trick me. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't want to get tricked. But I'll trick mm. you. But only if it can be with a pen. I don't want to do it with the proper tools. Mm. You know, so like, that's actually harder than it looks. It. Yeah. No, so I, there, I could do it. Trust me. Are there any, um, are there any surgeries you'd be happy to perform on yourself? Like, let's say you, you get some kind of problem like appendicitis and all the other doctors in the world are dead. Like, would you be happy doing it yourself? Like what's, Oh, okay. The next question is like, what's the most sophisticated surgery you reckon you could perform on yourself? Like, could you give yourself a hip replacement or something? You know what I mean? Like, how far could you go? What's the limit? Um, well, for starters, like the the thing I just I do like bronchoscopy and stuff. Like, it doesn't technically you don't have to be sedated for it. So I could actually do it on myself awake, probably. Yeah. Um. Would it be fun? No, like I don't. Probably not. Uh, like anything that you have to like deal with pain. The problem is you gotta like <laughs> you gotta figure out how to anesthetize yourself or some shit because it's gonna be hard for you to like focus. 
But when you have yeah. local anesthetic and stuff. Yeah, but like, I mean, if you're taking out your appendix, um, you're going to want a little bit more than that. But I guess it could be done somehow. <laughs> it's just like the anesthetic will wear off, though. That's the problem. And then now you're like hurting like a motherfucker while your like, belly's open. That'd be weird. I guess it'd be doable if you had to like somehow survive, but um, it would it would not be easy. Mm. What about like a knee replacement or something? We can do that. Well, I don't really have any training in that, so probably not. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, if I'm going to do that sort of shit and not know how to do it, that's going to make another layer of uh, fuckery to the whole experience. Yeah. Sadie, yeah. <laughs> what do you think about this? So when I choose my doctors, with the exception of my OBGYN, as I stated, I don't want a male doctor for my OBGYN. Um, I choose my doctors based on how much I like their waiting room, like how nice it is and how attractive I find them. But I actually do that with most things in life. So like professors, I would take classes if I thought that they were really attractive, like job interviews. If I don't find like my manager attractive, I wouldn't take the job. Um, largely because I think that I perform better if I find somebody attractive. So like if I have an attractive doctor, like I'm going to make sure like I come in and tip top shape for my yearly physical. You know what I mean? So you feel like, okay, so. Like this also explains why Addy hangs out with us. Cause we're all just so good looking. Yeah. So, I wouldn't so be your here thought I... is like, okay, this attractive person is going to somehow bring out the best of me. Cause I've got to impress yeah, them. Yeah. It's like praise from them. Like, she wants the professor to say, well done, Addie, and then her little heart flutters and yeah, stuff. Exactly. Um, and but yeah, it's also that- like I wouldn't be choosing, right, because I like intelligent people. So I would maybe be choosing, one might say, the best doctor over somebody else that's choosing their doctor because I mm. just have a radar. So what if like I came in and I didn't know you and I was like, what would you do if a patient came in and they're like, mm, like, no thanks, like, I can't, you can't be my doctor. Like, I'm not attracted to you. How do you think you'd react? Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever had have, that happen? I have not had this happen. Mm. <laughs> so I'm not really sure. I would admit them to the psych ward. Just, just put them in a padded room and call it a day, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, as long as, like, the psychiatrists there are hot, then... I guess it doesn't really matter. I don't think you'd choose these things usually, but um, yeah, the the simplest thing to do, the the, the who you ask around, let's say you're really sick, um, the simplest thing to do is like get a quick survey of the the nurses there. They'll usually tell you you Mm, pretty quickly. Okay. Yeah, they'll tell you pretty quickly like who's credible and shit. Like, yeah, you can go with like the hotness factor, I suppose, but like, yeah. Next time uh, I have to go to the ICU, <laughs> is they're like wheeling me off, I'm going to be like, wait, wait, like before I go, um, I need to determine if I need to be like transported to a different hospital or transferred. And I'm going to ask all the nurses, like scale of one to 10, like how would you rate like the ICU, like attending or whatever? Yeah. And if was there's interesting... like anything like on average below like a seven, like I'm going to go to a different hospital. Here's an interesting one. Um, This is like an interesting scenario that took place. So um, there's this uh, nurse practitioner that uh, I periodically work with. And um, she's actually in a like different group and this and that. But she 
periodically helps like helps out and covers if one of my own nurse practitioners is gone or something like that. And um, so I know her quite well over many, many um, years, like just have a pretty good um, sense about her. And um, she's usually pretty logical. Like she's, you know, oh, this idiotic patient did this because they didn't do that. And, you know, like, like she like lays out like why it is that so-and-so like it's like not taking care of their wound or some whatever some you know she's the first one to point out when like uh, patients are acting like goofy asses and like not doing what they're supposed to do stuff like that she's that type of person right and um so um the the interesting thing is like I know I had this conversation I'm with her I'm like yeah we're we're like literally like breathing fucking COVID 24 7 like all over the place and i'm like you know you, you probably you know you us of all people should probably be vaccinated we're probably gonna like the the, the first and foremost people that are going to be exposed because we're like literally intubating people we're in rooms with it and stuff like this right so <laughs> i uh uh so one day um come to work and uh i don't see this lady that often um just like come to work and it's like oh so-and-so's and uh, she went she's in the uh like uh, intensive care because she's got like she's on a high oxygen amount for for COVID. And I'm like, what the fuck? Okay, so like, you know, and they're like, oh, and so and so wants you to see her because, like, you know, well, you know, we know you, we trust you, blah blah blah, right? So, um, so I go in there. I'm like, what the fuck happened here? Like, why is she like? I know, I know, I've like, like you know, almost nobody vaccinated has gotten sick. Like, like, wh- like, why are you? Why are you even here? And, um, turns out like, I was like, uh, and then she winds up on ventilator. I mean, her lungs just turned to dirt. She, she, she's lucky to have survived. Actually. She made it, um, fortunately. And she's, I think she still kind of looks kind of tired all the time. Like, cause, cause she just lost a lot of lung tissue, but, um, like turns out she's like this, like, you know, hardcore, like anti-vaxxer type of person. I'm like, what in the fuck? I, I just told you, like, I'm like, like, I, I was standing there and I told you, fucking take the goddamn thing. You're gonna breathe this in, like, and you're gonna have a massive dose, right? Because not because COVID's not about like, it's not just simply like, oh, am I exposed? It's like the dose exposure. How many viral particles did you get in your lung, right? This is why the masks and shit work. People are like, oh, the masks are like. You know, the holes, you know, like they give you like fucking physics lesson about, you know, as if they know anything about like fucking aerodynamics. Like the whole reason why they work is not because like they're completely impermeable to virus. It's because the dose is dramatically smaller, right? When you have two people wearing these things. That's why in like South Korea, you had almost no cases. Like simple fucking physics. People act like they're goddamn uh, fucking like material scientists and shit about masks. Like the fucking most hilarious Facebook shit, right? But this lady was one of these people. She went down this Facebook rabbit hole. And um, decided that she wasn't going to do this. And I'm like, holy fuck. She just wrecked her fucking lungs for no reason whatsoever. It was really, it was really weird. Anyway, but yeah, just like, like, I find it kind of like absurd when you have someone that actually knows what they're actually talking about. And you still go down a fucking Facebook rabbit hole instead of listening to someone you work with for like 10 years or whatever. It's just weird. Like, I don't know what, what people mm-hmm. think. Here's the situation for you, Sefi. So, um, oh, and and the funny thing is, like, why pick me then? Like, why why bring me into this fucking mess? Like, you, did, you didn't believe me when I told you to take the fucking thing, and now you're like bringing me to do what exactly? Yeah, it's it's very funny. Anyway, yes, go ahead. Sorry, first. I don't know. Do the nurses have like a little waiting room where they eat and stuff? Not a waiting room, like uh, like a yeah, kind of, of course. break room, whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. room. Yeah, break room. Let's imagine that you have a team of like ten nurses, and there's one like particularly fat nurse. Um, and, and she goes to the, the nurse break room 
and for some reason you like peer through the door through the crack and you see what she's doing and uh what you see her do is something really fucking strange she gets her bag and she gets like a box out of her bag and in the box are like a hundred dead bees and she pours all the bees <laughs> go on go on <laughs> A hundred dead bees, <laughs> and she's pouring these where? Hold on. <laughs> she she pours all the bees into a into a. Pours them where? She she pours you all the. yourself. Get your fucking shit together. <laughs> she pours all the bees into a cereal bowl. <laughs> 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 and then and she gets she gets out of a bag like a big bottle of whiskey like a jack daniel or something and and pours that all over the bees too like it's a big so it's a <laughs> jesus christ you're making you're, you're gonna make me pee in my pants right now like <laughs> <laughs> the questioning I'm, has gotten I'm to be like i'm taking like <laughs> I've taken aspirated fucking kidney stones during a blowjob, and now it's like we're taking like these bees oh. and we're like throwing whiskey yeah, on them. Get serious. Get serious. So <laughs> she's got a, a big fat woman with a bowler. <laughs> I didn't go about that. She laughed like that. She's got a bowl of bees and like. <laughs> Okay, but does she eat them? Does she get her spoon and does she pick up the whiskey beans and shove them in her fat gob? Or does she deliver them? My question is, what is she going to do with these things? The, there's a question coming. That's a funny thing. <laughs> <laughs> there's an actual question coming. That's all the right. funny part. <laughs> oh, she's got a bowl of bees and, and all the bees, like a load of whiskey in there, maybe half a litre of whiskey. It's a really big bowl and she's really fucking fat. And all the bees are like floating in it like cereal. And <laughs> and then you see her pick up the bowl to her mouth and she just like swallows it. She tips, tips the bowl to her mouth and drinks the whole thing. Yeah, now she's fucking fired. So, yeah, the question is like, what, what do you do? Like, is it disciplinary action? Do you fire her? Do you just let it? Are you like, what the fuck was that? Just, just kind of like erase it from your memory or what? Like, do, what do you do? Do you allow it this once and check back the next? <laughs> Be like, what is this, your birthday or something? Like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, why are you doing this? <laughs> no, it's so what if, like the doctor then comes in? It's a regular day, but you're like, but do you do you punish her for drinking on the job or what? <laughs> yeah, probably. I would think bro, so. Bro, stop being stingy. Share some of that shit you're smoking or drinking, bro. <laughs> oh my god, he's here. Oh, I'm, I'm, it's it's Hamilton. Would, oh, <laughs> just, just my imagination. Wait, I want some. Guys. Please, please send thinking. some my way. <laughs> I was just thinking, um, like, I feel like, you know, I've spoken to all you guys a lot now. Um, I feel like we're really progressing in our friendships. You know, I'm learning so much. Um, but what I want to know is, when you're on the phone at this time, when we speak on these spaces, 
where are you and what's it like like can you just all describe the vibe where you are right now and like, how you feel and like the room and the temperature you know what are you wearing <laughs> yeah yeah <I'm, laughs> i'll go first i'm in my uh, apartment overlooking the ocean um it's like yeah dark night and some stars and stuff a bit cloudy you can probably see a similar things are since we're like close um I'm cooking some sausages for the second time. I cooked one batch. I'm cooking another batch now. I'm wearing uh, like a, I don't know, like tracksuit bottoms because I went for a run earlier and a t-shirt. And uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to eating my sausages. That's really cool. Thank you for speaking your truth. And that means we're literally facing each other right now. So if, and I've been reading that book about astral projecting. Um, so we could totally meet on Lundy Island if you want. Like that's in, in between us. So just think about Lundy Island when you go to sleep tonight and we'll hang out there. I don't know. I'm not ready for that. Okay, well, that's, I mean... I don't have this astral projection um, friendship thing down. We're going to... Yeah, the thing it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the distance. It's like equally... Is, is, it's equally as hard to get from uh, where we are to the middle of the, the ocean um, to to where you are, Sefi. There's no 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 distance in astral projection. I just thought the idea was cool because it's like physically in between us and it's an island. Like I thought like, wow, like that's so swag. But I guess I guess my ideas suck and I should kill myself. Huh? I guess no one likes me. Your ideas are amazing, Zara. Your ideas are amazing. And I hope we keep this group and this friendship we've all built for a fucking long time. All the stress and bullshit we deal with on a daily basis in our careers and to just let off some steam and talk to like-minded, crazy-ass people, this is amazing. And I hope this continues forever, right? There's something really, truly amazing. I don't know what it was that triggered me about that fucking bee thing. (laughs) I have not lost it so much in a while, like, like probably weeks. Yeah, but it's kind of funny when, like, <laughs> it's actually funny when you make yourself laugh that much. It's kind of exciting. Standing cooking some sausages, I completely fucking burn them as well. <laughs> the rest of us are laughing, like, combination of this absurdity of this bee thing. And then secondly, like, the fact that you just couldn't control yourself was actually kind of funny, too. That was insane. It's like the other day, I don't remember what, what you said. Um, I was like, I had like a bowl of pasta and like some spaghetti sauce type of thing, pasta sauce, whatever you call it. And um, I'm pretty sure like you, you said something and I had fucking pasta sauce come out of my nose. That shit burned, man. Like that wasn't cool. What was <laughs> it's it? like way worse than milk or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. I have a crazy question. Has anybody ever tried bultong? Yeah, Holy shit. Um, no. Sounds like we don't have Midas here right now. Like the Mexicans eat fucking everything. But like, yeah, no, I haven't had the bolt. I haven't had tongue of anything actually. It's basically the original version of America's beef jerky. I think is what you call it. Oh really? Yeah. What the hell piece of meat is in beef jerky? I don't know. <laughs> I wonder too. <laughs> it's a mix. Of- <laughs> it's a mixture of things, probably. Yeah, see, like, it, it, like uh, in Mexico, like, it's interesting because they take all of the different parts of the meat and this and that, right? 
and they have like a different item for everything. They have the menudo, they have the this, they have that, like fucking they have a name for everything. And um, in the U.S., I think it's like people have been conditioned to be like, okay, this is a leg and this is a thing. And like there's only so many like cuts that like people sort of find palatable. And then all the other stuff, I think they just blend it all together and create like lunch meat or some shit, like bologna or whatever, like hot dogs or something. So you have to like package it into some object, like a sausage or something, and kind of like hide the fact that there's like whatever in it. Like, what I think Bruce is eating is. tonight. Yeah, exactly. The sausages or something. No, they're Tesco finest. They're the nice ones. They're actually made of the um, of the uh, the finest pigs. They actually catch the pigs in the wild in the Scottish Highlands, and you can get a job doing it for ten pounds an hour catching the pigs with big nets. We made into sausages. Only the happiest ones too, and the smartest ones, like the the mm -hmm. ones that can solve a very sophisticated Rubik's cube. Not like a three by three, but a two by two with its hooves. So the higher yeah. it's sentient capability, like the more like nourishing it is for you or like tastier. Exactly. Yeah. Like pristine mm -hmm. fucking IQ pig meat. What was it that made you snort uh, pasta sauce out of your nose, Sophie? What was that? I don't know. You said something. I don't remember what the fuck. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, I, I can't recall. I'm, I'm terrible with remembering things like that. Like, like remembering jokes and stuff. But yeah, something you said and it's like pretty much blue chunks out of my nose on that one it was yeah it was kind of painful to like to their washing spaghetti sauce out of my nose it's not funny mm. i'm like that with things as well like um <clears throat> when i read a book or like an audio book or watch a movie or something i have no like mm, i have no like spontaneous recall after the movie and i find it really hard to to say what happened um but mm. mainly like it's it's like when i leave the movie theater it's just done in my head like the experience was that that experience and it's done. And like when people were like, well, what did you think about the movie? Like, what's your review? Da, da, da. I'm just completely uninterested. Because for me, like the movie was the thing and that was done in that time. And then it's like, move on. It's, I don't know. I've got no interest at all in like reviewing things or thinking about them afterwards. For me, it's just done when I watch it. Yeah. What's your favorite film, everyone? My favorite film is... um the film I'm currently making about Hamilton, also known as Mr. CEO Finance, I'm making a short biography on him. Um, but there's going to be loads of like really cool like Sigma edits in it. It's basically going to be like a Sigma edit after Sigma edit when it's got like music, like dum dum dum, like it's really like cool and gangster, you know. That's so cool, Zara. It's real. I actually got my first meme today. Somebody made of me, so I felt kind of cool. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, I gotta see this. Share it up top. I'm gonna see this. Is it like a little like uh, dancing meme or something, or would they make? Yeah, tweet it and then put it up at the top. Yeah, you can share. If you hit the share button of that tweet, it'll allow you to put it like select in the share, like the name of the Doquan Worship Club, or fucking Bruce called this, or Jonathan Johnson's asleep, I guess. Yeah, I shared it. So pretty funny. <laughs> Bruce, um, I'm gonna go up to the Lake District to see my boyfriend on Wednesday to Saturday. But on the way back down, do you want to hang out in Bristol? Hmm, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure yet. I have to let you know, Zara. I've never met a person from Twitter yet. So really? Yep. Because I only okay. came. I'm not like an online person like you. When I I started Twitter like mm -hmm. a year ago, made my first account, this account, and um kept it like totally anon for the last like 
Mm. Yeah, for the whole year. And it's yeah. only lately that I've started to to even like do voice chat or something. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. I think I if I did as you i've had twitter since 2017 i think i've got like five posts only and this is the first time i said fuck it let loose meet interesting people learn from them and yeah try right mm. connect with like-minded crazy ass people who want to change the world yeah yeah i've i mean to be fair i get what you mean um i've met a lot of people a lot of internet friends and they're always basically the exact same as they are online yeah. unless they only talk in text or something um but yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, You're kind of a pussy for like not saying yes immediately, but like I understand. It's it's a big thing, and also if you're the first person I meet, uh, my other internet friends will be really fucking offended because I've only mm-hmm. just got to know you. Yeah, that's fair enough. Actually, it's kind of it's kind of awkward. It's kind of like favoritism. Now, for me, it's a little bit different too because like if I let's say for example, I just use my like uh, real name and everything, right? Like just kind of. Um, the, the problem is, is that when you're in like, and you have an actual career doing something very specific, like, do you really want a bunch of people that you see in real life uh, in a, like large volumes of people too? Like, do you want to have all these people like following you on Twitter for any particular reason? Not really. So that's like, so that's one thing. But So you would have to basically put up like a very sort of professional, um, attitude if you're gonna do that so i did that for unless like, you're the boss bro i don't want to sound rude Sophie, and interrupt you but my investors mm-hmm. gotta take me for who the fuck i am and if they don't yeah but it's company. it's different because like let's say for example i deal with death and destruction all the time it's not like being the boss of whatever if like let's say um i don't know like for example basically people can use sort of like online information sort of like against you in various ways and kind of like it's just you just it's just a quagmire of bullshit that like you don't really want to get into um there's other things too like um not not to say that like uh, i'll do like anything unusual like medically unprofessional on a on a site or something like that even if i had it was like doxxed or whatever but it just doesn't um like like, for example, nothing I've said today is particularly, like, you know, special, illegal, or anything weird. Like, it's like, there's no, there's no, um, like, I'm not using real people's names, things like that. So, it's just whatever. But the thing is, like, the number of, like, attack vectors you expose yourself to in this kind of mm. thing is just, it's just obnoxious. It just doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, the, the, the then the, then you add crypto to the whole fucking mess, right? Like, so, like oh, like you said, uh, Luna was going to go up and then it goes down, you know, so like the, you get into this fucking nonsense, like so you don't really want to like tie So uh, Seth, we've got to do some Google Meets and i got to teach you to program whoever fucks with you, you just send him a payload, bro. <laughs> well, if, if if my only concern was like, you know, finding a group of hackers, that that's not very difficult, <laughs> so I'm not too worried about that. I just but, think like, I agree entirely the, about internet anonymity. <laughs> Um, and like, I think it's base and cool, but also like, I've just had such good times with my friends that I've met off the internet, that like all of that outweighs it. And I'm like, oh, I don't care. It's fun. I agree. I, I um, think, I, think me, uh, I don't think me and Hamilton are the only ones on here besides Jonathan that aren't anonymous. So maybe mm. like you guys should kind of grow a pair before you speak. Doing as well. Like, like for instance, I like to write really fucking crazy posts. 
sometimes and I like to like channel different creative things and talk about like 23 year old fertile females and weird weird situations and it's and it's like when I've done stuff like that I've I've you know the do you remember that post I wrote uh Sefi the thread like women are a hyper deflationary asset class and and you know women over 23 depreciate 10 percent per year and all this stuff that gave me about 50 threats from guys like guys dm me they said kill yourself you know, I'm going to come and kill you. Where do you live and all this stuff? And I was imagining like if I was a, a public uh, figure with my name on here, they'd be messaging my parents and my friends and finding me on Facebook and shit. And I have all kinds of fucking annoyance to deal with. So, Bruce, like, I just want to tell you something, brother. If you think that we're hiding behind anonymity, what, I didn't even know how to say the damn word. It doesn't exist, brother. And, and I can honestly tell you that it doesn't exist. It, you can create, buy a brand new phone. You, you can be traced, found out. And yeah, I know, we've yeah. done that shit, bro. But, but look like, at, I'm look just at saying the, this from, from like evidence that we've done this shit. You get it? Someone's sufficiently, yeah, someone's sufficiently interested enough to sort of mess with you. Yeah, but like if but you're talking about like 99% of the general public, not really. Yeah, the, the bell curve, the normal, yeah, the normal distribution. You're not talking like absolute outlier stalker freaks or whatever. You're talking about like most people. I think it gives me some creative freedom, which I really like. Um, and also in the opposite direction, for me, like I've, I've founded a load of companies. Like I'm, uh, I've had, uh, like um, founded companies and had exits and stuff. And there was also the thought that like, what if um, one of my investors or business partners or someone like that looks me up and find I'm like acting like a, a transsexual 17 year old witch online? <laughs> like, like, is that going to affect things? Like, do I really want things going in both directions or do I just want to keep it stress free and give myself the freedom of being no, like, think about it this way, Bruce, like people that have actual comedian careers, right? Um, get dragged through the mud for God knows what the fuck, right? Like the, the idea that somehow, like if you have a professional career, that someone can't come after you, like or who's going to want to come after you, is kind of absurd. So they're almost it's it's just going to happen if you do it long enough. So yeah, it's it's just really yeah the choice to specifically engage with the public is a, is a political decision. Hmm. Uh, politicians make it all the time. For example, like if I wanted to go run for president or some shit, right? And I want to like subject my family to every fucking like nuisance that that would imply then that means that i'm willing to sacrifice my family's privacy whatever yep. right and that's a different thing than just saying oh like i know how to fix a country or some shit right like there's a certain sacrifice you make um for certain types of decisions and that's yeah you have to decide what what that yeah. means for you. i agree I think with it's that it's taken me i would honestly say five years to actually publicly like go online you know what i mean um mm -hmm. even to get articles written about me i've been approached by so many freaking journalists over the course of the last six seven years and i've always declined it because I, I was always more of a shy type of person um and i always thought it was just like trying to protect your family and that but then i realized something i'm a different kind of nerd i'll find you and kick your ass it's just simple as that <laughs> have you ever considered yeah, but like, killing them it's, it's not that simple in the sense that like um so if you're in like certain domains like uh the thing is like uh for example this is the this is the like uh this is the uh, uh, issue will tend to be things like well do you want to be looking over your shoulder and watching what your kids are fucking doing or whatever so the thing is like if you believe like someone could be kidnapped or something because people believe you have like money or some other whatever right this becomes an issue to some extent now you could argue that like public figures like i don't know a doctor for example it's it's assumed that they have a certain amount of income and this and that and um, so that could be a problem anyway, right? In a sense, 
But like when you bring in the entire universe of the online world, the number of psychopaths in online are way higher like than mm. your, what you would see on a regular day-to-day basis. Now, remember, I deal with people like that are essentially like I've dealt with people that are everything from serial killers to fucking like you name it. Like there's no version of fucking crazy I haven't seen. So the thing is like um, you have an idea of like not just the bell curve of like intellectual mayhem, but the bell curve of just like psychopathy out there, right? So the thing is like, you do have a tendency to create like um, a much wider net of possible weirdos that you can basically like interface with, which uh, like Bruce might be is completely fucking weird, right? Like, <laughs> so um, no, but uh, like, but the ones that are people that are malicious and stuff, um, you're, you're, you're increasing the probability essentially of uh, drama. Well, for yeah, no reason. Even as an anon, I've had like some weird fucking people mass message me and, and, uh, you know, uh, I've been sent videos of like a person's gallery on their phone where they save like hundreds of my tweets, like a fucking freak. I've had uh, some some weird fucking girl uh, was doing paintings and like cross stitchings of all my profile pictures and sending them to me. Like, like, here's a gift for you. I've thought about you. I've I really like your profile picture. Here's what I knitted yesterday for 12 hours. Like, really? really? Yeah, like really fucking freaky. That's- do you have any pictures of those? That's so funny. I want to see this. Yeah. You should definitely post that. I want to see that shit, bro. I do, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm going to post it publicly. I'll have to post it in like a group chat or something. But yeah, like really fucking weird people and, and infinite amounts of like death threats and, and kill yourself and all these weirdos, like white knight guys. You remember that, um, like the, the thing about 23-year-old girls and stuff? Like the, the, the main damage of that was the weirdo men who got so enraged by it because obviously they're dating like older women or whatever, or they prefer older women. They got so fucking angry. They like really wanted to kill me. And, and I, I don't know. I'm also imagining like if I had my public identity on here, my name and stuff, I reckon my creativity would just be automatically stifled. Like it just would. Yeah, it would. It would. Massively, even without like even trying to resist it in some way. Not even that, right? Also, we've got that weird ass thing called censorship that is supposed to have merit, but it kind of doesn't anymore. Let's use Andrew Tate as an example, right? He spoke his mind and yeah, he used yeah. his identity and goodbye. You know, simple as that. Me too. I got I got permanently banned for using the word gimp gimp a few days ago, a few uh, like a week ago. And I had to, like a friend of mine knew someone at Twitter. I managed to email like five times and talk to people who knew people at Twitter and stuff. And I got unbanned, but I got, I got my account was permanently banned. Like we cannot restore this account ever for using the word gimp. I um, I feel like the internet, I've honestly, I've really used it uh, as a, like a tool to kind of grow my, well, not so much now, but like when I was growing up, like to grow my confidence. Because I was like... You know, I was pretty shy when I was like younger, like a lot of people are, but I just kind of started like double life maxing um, at the time. I was just like saying all of my like, wildest and most retarded thoughts, even though I was still really shy in real life. And then over time, I realized, well, I can just do that actually in both sides. I don't need to just do it online. I get more genuine friends and have more fun when I'm just being myself. So I think it was a good uh way to do that and i think doing it from the complete base of like being anonymous is a really good start like that's how i always was before now i just don't care as much but yeah people are just too scared yeah for me it was a bit weird because i had like quite a quite a wholesome varied life before i came online 
like <clears throat> I, mean, I mean i've told you some of my history i think all of you like starting many companies and and uh you know doing martial arts for ages and living as a monk and all these things like i've had a very colorful kind of varied life and living abroad doing different things and um for me like <clears throat> even joining social media was a was a basically a first time thing about a year ago i'd never done it before um i think one of the interesting things is like by posting and by sharing my thoughts and being in these spaces and writing and speaking and just like kind of having a creative flow online i've i've naturally kind of attracted or moved towards a lot of similar people like for instance you zara i think you're quite kind of similar in in like like i imagine if we were in real life we'd be good friends right like just because of like a similar kind of imagination or something yeah. and the same with sefi like i reckon if i knew you in real life i think we'd be good friends <clears throat> and i consider you a friend but like it's it's an interesting thing where you, you it's like you float towards people who are similar and Addy too sorry for leaving you out and Hamilton Chong, sorry for leaving you out. And Jonathan, he's asleep. Um, <clears throat> but I think it's interesting because you float towards people who have like a similar mindset or mind or set of interests or whatever. But at the same time, they're really, really far away on average. So it's like, I don't know, you have to kind of accept they're in your phone or, or fly them over or whatever. So it's a little bit odd. So it's like you get proximity of the mind, but at the same time, you're further away in distance. Yeah, but how do you know that? let's call it 90% of our group is not using AI bots and, and voiceovers to have the same account five times, right? <laughs> have yeah, you, we've, have we've you had listened that, to the conversations, Hamilton? Like, have you really listened? Do you seriously think an AI would come up with this stuff? <laughs> As a programmer, I would say it's possible. Put it to you that way. It's possible. As It'll a come. human being, I would say no. So the... Uh, what was I going to say? Um, oh shit. I forgot. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. actually Bruce, like, so the first like foray I had into this whole, like, um, maybe like, you know, what do you call it? Like an internet friend circle or whatever the hell, right? Like this, uh, the first kind of foray into that I had was back like when I was playing video games, um, in these multiplayer online games. And it's like, I just so happen, like it's a lot of it's luck, right? Like in life, it's like, like anything, um, you know, you could basically meet up with a group of random people. They don't really sort of vibe with you. They don't, you know, you don't like make any real sort of like a, a connection one way or the other. And, you know, life floats away and you forget about that, that experience ever happened almost. It's like, that happens like, I would say like 99% of the time, right? This is, that's just how life is. It's like, you don't like many people actually don't actually find mm, like kind of like that really, really deep like a uh, great friend or something like that. Right. It's just like, not that common. I think, um, that kind of like that, those fulfilling sort of friends, whatever that means. And, um, I remember like when I used to play games with these guys and, um, it was interesting cause like we were so good at what we did and it was like, and it was like, okay, I was a, when I started, I was like a medical student or whatever and playing with people. And like some of the, one of the guys is a lawyer and like, in other words, like real, real serious, like, nerd type people and um it's like but to find people that sort of like care about this thing at that level um if you just simply go and you know go to your neighbor or something like that the odds are very very low that um that interaction is going to happen so you get into these like groups of like very specific kind of interests and stuff right mm -hmm. and what i found was like so well i got really really busy and i had to kind of quit like playing games or whatever um and I remember like how sort of like devastating that sort of was mentally. It was like, 
it was kind of like um, you had lost kind of like a family and, and sort of like everyone was moving on anyway. It wasn't like people are going to sit there and play this fucking video game forever. It's like that wasn't a thing. So like the it was different in that like, okay, the different people are going to go to different games. They're going to go off and do their thing. And that wasn't going to last forever, right? But the memory of what it felt like in those moments, like it's it's just hard to replicate it, right? So, so it's weird. Like it actually in a way sort of wrecked video games from then on for me, like mm -hmm. any normal game after that, like that is like a single player thing. Just, I'm like, whatever, this is stupid. And anytime, like I think to myself, Hey, I'm going to go do a multiplayer thing. I remember when years later, like, I think it was like maybe five years ago or something. I'm like, Hey, you know what? Maybe I'll like rekindle this idea. I had so much fun doing this back then. I'm going to kind of go try this. And like, um, so you're randomly roaming around this like video game world, like I think it's World of Warcraft. And I was like, oh, let's just play it. I'm just going to go nerd out and just fuck with this. Right. Um, and like, I don't know, like I, I wasn't in that game from the very beginning. Um, like whatever elite people were playing these games who really played at the type of level that I like, I was neither skilled enough to join them, nor were, you know, like, nor did I share like common experiences with them to like make this work. And I don't know, it just got old after a while and I just kind of stopped doing it. Like I just didn't think it was going to be worth the time and the effort. But even the time I did it, like it wasn't like I just ended up meeting up with a group of people that I was like, sure, I wanted to play this with. So, but the first time it happened, like when in the, the first time I had that experience, it was all random. It wasn't like, oh, like I went into this game thinking I was going to meet all these amazing people. It just, just happened, right? It was just purely chance. And to recreate that probability, that chance again, is really, really hard, right? Like, that's kind of strange. Like, like look look at the this little group that we had. Like, like who in the fucking, like, right mind would think, that, like, this, like, ragtag group of people would be, like, standing here talking about who knows what, eating bees out of a bowl or whatever. Um, yeah, like, there's just no predicting this, right? There's no way you could just contrive this somehow in your wildest imagination. And that's kind of like, I found like, that's where some of the most weird, like, um, like in-depth experiences happen when you least expect it, I thought. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. Twitter's an interesting format though, right? Because it's like, <clears throat> if, you're, if you're posting and writing or hosting spaces, it's like it creates a bigger net because in real life, you need to talk directly like one-on-one -on -one to someone to really get to know them. But here, it's like if you witness somebody's posting or speaking or spaces, like passively, or you you know you scroll through the Twitter app and there's a particular poster you like, or maybe someone has said like, oh, that guy has a similar sense of humor or something. It's like they can start to get to know you and have a certain like level of openness and understanding, and they'll only really follow you and appreciate you if they like you, right? So it's like it's like the initial filter is a lot bigger. The initial like butterfly net is a lot bigger. It has a bigger like capture radius, if you like. Mm -hmm. um, so then, it, yeah, I think it's an interesting thing. It's like it makes finding similar minds much more likely online than it is in real life, just because of this like passive, passive absorption, reading your content, um, and and like from there realizing that hey, you know, if if somebody's liked you for a long time and and likes your posts and listens to your space and stuff, they're probably on some level like quite resonant with you, right? And it's worth pursuing more. So it's interesting. yeah, it's funny. It's funny what Holmes said. <laughs> like earlier, we were in a space about I don't know what. I think it was some. Cosmos thing or some shit like and uh, and uh, home sent me a message. He's like, 
um after fucking around with you guys in your spaces it's like uh like listening to all this other shit is really really boring now so like now what do we do like like going to regular like whatever crypto spaces it's like uh they just drone on about some bullshit like you know and it you know like they 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 go on and on but they don't never get to the point and and uh like you know and all of them sound similar so like Mm -hmm. oh we have this project we did this we did that and you go through an hour with it and and uh like but yeah, there's like a lack of sort of like entertainment value to a lot of those in some some extent. They're very utilitarian, which is fine. You know, it, it is what it is. But like, but uh, it, once you kind of get used to sort of like a, a nice banter, it's like it's hard to it's hard to go back to just, you know, dealing with people that are completely boring. Yeah. Well, like, um... Sorry, Zara, they're, they're like jargonized or they have some agenda, like shilling their project or whatever. Or they're just kind of filling time in a weird way. It's like. They think that because they're cryptocurrency investors, they need to talk about the market or Bitcoin or whatever the fuck else. But like in reality, it's like, how do you become a good investor? Just just like leave it alone, do nothing, like have fun in the meantime, right? Probably people like us are more rational and more patient than the people who are talking about Bitcoin all the time, right? It's like they get emotional, but we're just like having our own fun talking about bees and shit. Yeah, like what you were saying about everything being a filter as well. Um it's like it seems like that online, but if you meet up with people and your filter is good enough, which it will be, then like the friends that the friends that I have in real life now, like so I met up with a couple in Barcelona, lots in Sweden and Norway and some in England as well. And all of them are genuinely amazing people. And they're like and like, you know, after like union everything, everyone sort of moves apart anyway. So it's always kind of an effort to see someone. But once you know everyone, and they're in all different places. Like it's great because you've got great friends literally everywhere. Whenever you go on traveling, you can go stop by their house and like, yeah, the first time it might be a bit scary, but after that, like you, 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 you know what they're like, and then that online presence just amplifies that. I fully that agree. Really nice. I've got like forty employees right now, and I promise you, all forty of them, I found them all online. I've met them probably once. Zara, if you ever want to come to New York, you can stay with me. And I won't you. You can go to England. If you'd be interested in America, but um, it's not that amazing. But New York is. No, but if I ever do go to America, I'll be sure to visit you. It's a pretty quick flight. It's pretty quick flight from the UK to New York. It's like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Zara, I wasn't saying I'm like uh, anti meeting people. I definitely am. I think it's actually probably it like it's turning out to be the best place to meet people, I think. And even like relationships and things. Like like for me uh relationship wise i've met like a lot of i don't know like mm, my relationship history is kind of short-term relationships like three six months and stuff um i never really connected on like a personality level that much with girls or it was very rare like i think the last girl i i truly like mm, like loved or, or really liked a great deal was about 10 years ago um in the meantime it's kind of been like girls i kind of liked uh, but i was kind of looking for something more at the same time but i think online it's it's like there's a there's a kind of interesting pre-filtering of the mind. It's like, it's, it's almost as if you, you get to understand like a long-term compatibility first because you see like the, the raw contents of each other's minds. And like, um, you know, the, I, I said to Sefi in one of these spaces, like you see the worst parts first, like the most fucking <laughs> despicable like parts of the unconscious and the shadow realms of the mind and stuff. It's, it's an interesting thing. It's like, it's like you lead with the mind and then the physicality comes later. I reckon, like, I think Addy did a, a tweet the other day. So you said, like, I'm going to marry someone off Twitter. I think it's going to be the same with me. Hi to Manky, by the way. Hello. Why are you up this early? 
Och så är jag I've been on vampire hours for a while. Oh, okay, we have this well. So, now I wake up at 5 a.m. Which is good, <laughs> because I got work to do. Don't yeah. mind the door. Um, I was gonna add uh, my two cents to internet. Uh, knowing people over the internet. Mm-hmm. And uh, if people view Twitter as I view Twitter, it is your own little schizophrenic diary posting semi-anonymously or whatever you're thinking, and people resonate <coughs> with uh, um, you know ramblings of mad people mm-hmm. because you're mad yourself. And um, meeting people from Twitter has been like, one of my favorite uh, things. I, mean, I met some of the greatest people I know on Twitter. I mean, thank you. Me, me and you have both met up with Tom in the last few months, right? And uh, I've I'm, I'm, I'm met Tom several times. It's one of my, uh, you know. Yeah, and Je- you, wait, have you met Jenny then? Um, yeah, I've met Jenny. Oh, I love Jenny so much. She's so She's cool. Great. She doesn't have so great. good people. Also um, met, <coughs> sorry, met a lot of people from the Swedish Twitter sphere. I think we also both met Bonner Branner as well. Yeah, he he's been to my house. He's like he, he um has relatives lives near me. I've met him a couple of times. He's mm. a yeah, great guy. All the Scandinavians on Twitter are extremely friendly. It's very it's meant to be against your nature. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, but don't say that like loud. So <laughs> we, we have to keep up the illusion that we yeah. don't give them food. <laughs> yeah, good idea. So um, I just joined the space. I've like seen this pop up a couple of times. I'm not really sure. Like, is this just hanging out, or do you have some sort of thing um, going on? Curious. Well, this is usually Sefi's and Coach Bruce's space, and I, it's. I think it's uh, usually in the title to do with uh, the crypto thing, Lunk, but like it's just like a like a shit posting thing at this point. And then like he looks, you scroll down, there's all these like uh, crypto people, and they don't say a word; they oh, just kind of sit there and listen to us shoot shit. Yeah, the crypto. I, I, I respect it though. There is no like crypto thing. It's like a. It's almost like a. I don't know, a carrot to get people through the door. I mean. Yeah. They join the space and then we just talk about other things and then they're stuck. Yeah, and they have to stay here forever. You can only talk about crypto so much, I guess. No, exactly. Like, what are you going to talk about? It's like it, you, you, you invest, it does its thing. You, you take actions when you can or whatever. But like most, like 99% of these crypto spaces and people talking about it, it's just like people babbling about nothing, trying to convince themselves to carry on holding the coin or whatever. It's just so boring. Or shilling random shit. That's the number one thing I you, you know I'll probably get a lot of like flack from the crypto people being a retard here. But I've hold chain link for like five years now. I bought chain link when it was like five dollars. No, not five dollars, five um kroners. That would be like a fucking point dollar. And um I bought a lot of chain links. And I hold Till this day, the same chain link. 
Jane Rose are gonna make it. I don't know. That's so true. Have you, uh, did you ever try snooze, Sarah, when you were here? Oh, yeah. I love snooze. And okay. I mean, I'm, I, as soon as I entered Sweden in the car, I went to the shop and I, and I saw something saying Yotabori's rape. And I was yeah. like, I'll That's buy that. It. I've still got the empty box in my bag. I just thought it was funny. Um, but I yeah, bought like yeah, and, um, I, I I tried one before from a friend as well, but like I hadn't eaten anything, and we were driving in a car. Uh, it wasn't a good vibe, but yeah, um, yeah, I like snooze. Although, uh, you know, sniping, sniping. Yeah, she she told me um, but she was like, yeah, like I mean, not gonna lie, I associate snooze with gross people. Uh, when I hung out with her, and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> when I offered her one. <laughs> um, so I was like, all right. So then I just smoked instead. Damn. Because that's just so much cleaner. And, you know, no, it's point. not. No, it's, it's good for you. It cleans out the lungs. Because you don't right, like stuff in air, like the ether. Whatever you say. Uh, Coach Addy, do you think smoking or snoozing is better for you? I don't know what snoozing is. Is it? What? You never heard of snoozing? Like a a pipe and a like a pipe thing or what? What is it? Oh, it's a uh, like a pouch with uh, tobacco in it, and you shove it up your mouth, and it drips down like tobacco juice. I assume oh. you were talking about like sleeping, like snoozing. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! It's called snooze. In Swedish. No. Sniff. It's the stuff people put in their nose. In Africa, it's a very common thing. It's like a black bottle with a green lid. Is that the same in Sweden? No, it's not the same. We are the OGs. Like the Scandinavians, we invented this stuff. All the dick you got over there in America, that's just the crappy snooze that Scandinavians brought over. Or like they made their own over there. And what is it made of? Is it tobacco? Is it cow dung? Is it's it herbalistic? Like it's just uh, tobacco, like uh, very, uh, like, um, I'm not a snooze maker myself. I just enjoy it, you know, so, but it's just um, like tobacco and um, shit like that, some kind of herb mix. And, um, mm. It's been like a popular thing. Like, if you know what scene is over in, or sin over in America, is, it's like, um, that is snooze from um, Sweden, which is uh, like, it's seen as the, uh, the girly snooze over here. Like, because it's got no tobacco and it's like clear and like has different tastes, like a vape. Mm. Uh, By the way, um, I just went on the timeline and I just saw Addy tweeted. Sent a pic of my boobs and he replied, "Cozy, this cannot be good." So I'm just thinking, Addy's been literally taking and sending pictures of her boobs while we've been calling on this space for the last like five hours. Addy, is that your profile picture? Sorry to be rude and interrupt. What? Is yeah, that okay, in your profile picture? Yeah, it's me. It's me. You're a very attractive lady. <laughs> Spitting. You know, it's, um, well, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a, it's a long call, so like, I gotta get shit done, you know. Yeah, but, uh, what are, what have you time. guys been talking about today, like, uh, or tonight, I guess? Uh, Easy number. 
What Seems no? like you, 11 p.m. my time, um, probably. But it's yeah. been kind of a nightly thing for the last few days. Like, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm addicted to uh, Twitter spaces at the moment. All right. It's kind of like, um, I like Twitter spaces a lot. Uh, especially when it, like, came out. It was very fun. It's kind of like an interactive podcast. Yeah, Sefi's gone, and Sefi is the guy that normally runs them, and he really, he's really a podcast master. He really brings the uh, the uh, energy podcast vibes to it. Yeah, because um, without him, the sort of whole show falls apart. We all start like having mental breakdowns, and you know, I Bruce starts. Should, uh, like, if you hold space, um, you should um, just imagine yourself like um, like an anchor man or a podcast guy. And just have like a script, or a script, mm-hmm. like um, at least a couple of um, what would you call that? Like key subjects to talk about. Uh, if not, it'll just be like. No, sick. I think it's it's much more fun to just yolo it because like people who stick to it, that is just fucking boring. Like, uh... I don't know, but you, you you don't stick to it, but you have like key things you kind of want to talk about the um, point of why most of us i would say join this group is just to let loose and talk about random bullshit and make friends with each other right yeah when it becomes serious then it's like kind of boring i've got a full-time job that's very stressful and i enjoy speaking to bruce to sefi to zara to addy just in this type of concept as soon as you make this orientated and focused it's like i'm out of here I think uh, you. I, I think I'm talking in a way that makes myself being uh, uh, like misunderstood right now. But I mean that like sometimes um, when you just hold like I've been to a lot of spaces where it's just like after a while it's just nothing silence because you have like nothing to talk about. It's like, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think you're being misunderstood. That's, that's maybe a me thing. I don't know. No, yeah, there's a lot of silence and boringness. I mean, right now, we've, I mean, we're at 6.46 a.m. Sefi's just left. Um, and I think me and uh, Bruce, and I think Jonathan's asleep. Me and Bruce are on the edge of sleep, so it's kind of a low vibe. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird when people sit in silence, basically. Oh, uh, yeah. So, Manky, anything you want to talk about? I just woke up, my friend. Um, I just joined here, and you know, just babbling. I went to the um, the forest uh, yesterday and did a bunch of like ecology work. It's pretty nice. Other than that. I have not much to talk about. Boxing? You like boxing? Did you say that, Monkey? What? You just asked about boxing. Me? Oh, it sounded like... (laughs) Oh, wow, it's sunrise outside. Oh, my God, sorry, I just looked outside. Whoa, it's, like, all pink. This is so cool. I might go outside. I see it, too. Is it pink there as well? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Yeah, I know, but it might be. 
It might be different. No. Yeah. Wait, Same. you guys are over in uh, the UK, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're pretty close by, actually. Yeah, so it's like... Was it 7 a.m. there now? Yeah. 6.48 a.m. You've been up all night? Yeah. Come on. Do you reckon, you could send a, do you reckon if you did a bottle or something with a letter, it would wash up over here? Mm, maybe. Maybe. <clears throat> you guys mind if I make breakfast or should I mute? I mean, we normally mute or we're not speaking, to be honest, mm. but like, uh, be yourself, do what you want. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe mute. <laughs> that fucking mute is shit, man, Kiwi. You don't want to hear this. <laughs> I don't want to hear this. I don't know if he can hear us saying to mute. I don't think he can. Should I, think I mute? Yes, yes, please, please mute. Please mute. All right. Well, I feel like I'm Hearing the pots and pans bang around in the background. Yeah, it's, it does add a certain ambience, I have to say. Yeah, what I was wondering, Zara, is like, how can we communicate from each shore? Like, I don't know. Like, you know, like a big fire or something. You'd probably see yeah. that. But what is easy to do? I don't know, maybe like a firework or something. <laughs> yeah, cool. actually, I mean, uh, if it was a clear day, you definitely could. Um, mm. I can see, on certain days, I can see the the individual beaches and um, wind turbines and whales. So, oh, sorry, oh. Um, not whales, like on the whales of the sea, like sharks and stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, um, hmm, firework, nuke. Maybe Beep. if you like painted all the fields purple. Yeah. Yeah. What are those things called? Um, flares, yeah. Mil like military flares you put up in the air. If you, you know, actually get a flare and let it off, I will be able to see it. Are they even legal? I, I've only ever heard them like in the context of like people lost at sea and uh, military and stuff. I'm going to look it up a sec. Yeah, look it up. It's kind of a cool, like, geographical situation, I would say. It looks like I can buy them. Mm. Yeah, yeah, like, you might have to actually check, like, check the first in the hometown. Sea distress flares. I don't know if they shoot up in the air, though. I want the one that shoots up, like, high. Have a look. Mm. It looks like they're just things to wave. The UK has military surplus stores, don't they? Yeah, but I'm just looking on the net. I think it's more fun going into these buildings. No, there are not that many of them. Oh, thank you. Um, what else could there be? Like, I think it has to be a flare. Really, just like a massive explosion does the job. But That's like, I can to be as bright as possible to get the All attention. Right, I'm done with throwing stuff around now. Yeah, as bright as possible, he said. Yeah, like that's, I think that's the whole point of a flare, right? To be as bright as possible to get the attention of like ships and people who might see you at a distance. That is true. Maybe you could get a bird and then 
like attach like a, a sandwich to its leg and then mm. you could bring it to fly certain distances and then you could drop me a sandwich. Do you think the bird would have eaten the sandwich instead? No, no, because it would be a well-trained bird. Mm. English birds are just obedient and docile and beautiful to do that. I see. Yeah. Um, I'm going to leave because I should probably sleep tonight. But then I realized when I leave, I actually can't come back up because nobody is co-host anymore. So maybe I'll actually Mm -hmm. fall asleep. But that's going to be a bummer if I can't sleep. And then I'm like, I want to talk to my friends again. Yeah. But, we usually just go to sleep then since it is nearly 7 a.m. for us. No, I think when Sefi left, he kind of just, I don't know. He, well, he abandoned us, he neglected us. And he yeah, also, like we need all four of us to be here, to be honest. It's kind of like he, the power of ourselves. Did he even say goodbye? I don't know if no, I just wasn't paying attention. I don't. I think it must have been something. I think like, he left during like my ramblings. He maybe said it, but... <laughs> Maybe no, he had a or something. He never says goodbye, and it really hurts me. I don't know why Sefi does that. I think, Sometimes I, I think did. it's he has a patient or his wife comes home. Yeah, I think maybe some things you said earlier, Addy, about like only being, um, only like attending classes with professors that are good looking and like, mm. you know, aspirating calm and stuff. I think he just got really uncomfortable and it kind oh. of built up. And then, like, yeah. Then, Do you think he felt bad? Yeah, I think he just... Like he thought I was implying really, that he was ugly. Yeah, mm-hmm. he felt really awkward, and he kind of built up, and then, yeah, it kind of he busted and just left. Sappy <laughs> <laughs> so wouldn't do that, all right? He's a respectable doctor, and he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. I thought I was I mean, asking I interesting questions. They were genuine. I was sitting here, and I was thinking, what would happen if you inhaled cum? Mm. Have you managed to find who Sefi is yet, Addy, on your stalking spreadsheets? <laughs> no, I haven't actually looked. I don't think mm. um I, I don't think I would. I don't want to ruin the mystery of anyone unless they would tell me, you know? Like it, it's like what I was saying, like it doesn't work on the opposite direction, first of all. But it's also like, you know, I wouldn't wanna like the person I did that to, I already knew him in real life. So it wasn't mm. really like oh, there's like this. ruining anything. But. There's like doing it secretly and keeping it to yourself forever. And there's also telling mm. people there's different things. Right. Well, I did tell the person I did it to and he was on board with it, but I wouldn't yeah. do this secretly because I think it would, it would feel like it was um like ruining some, some trust. Like I wouldn't want to yeah. go no, behind your backs and then like whatever, you know, we don't want to fuck with the vibe. Yeah. I mean, like, people could do it to me because I'd be pretty easy to find and I wouldn't really, like, particularly care if it was somebody that I, like, was friends with. But, Mm. like, I wouldn't do that to someone unless they said, it's okay, you can, like, look for me. But even then, I don't don't know if I'm confident I would be able to... Did I ever tell you? I had had somebody DM me my name once, like, my real name. They did. Hopefully they're not. Really? They did me in my real name, and they were like, "I know it's you, da da da." My name, and and I said, I like replied like, "No," and then I blocked them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who it was? No, no, it's just a random account. Like I had like three followers. <laughs> Do you Maybe think it was someone from real life that like saw your tweets and recognised your character? <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I, I don't know. Ex girlfriend or something. I just denied it. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's such a bizarre thing for someone to do. To just send your name. It's inevitable. Like that, it happens. Like I mean, how like how many followers can you get before somebody recognizes you, right? And probably yeah. like the first, the first like twenty just aren't going to tell you. They're just going to like observe in secret <laughs> and just like look mm. at your sicko post stuff and, uh, and judge <laughs> you at a distance. But yeah, it was weird. I actually had a friend. Uh, they were an internet friend, but they were just like a more normal internet friend. And um, I kind of fell out of touch with them. And like they found my Twitter. Like I've got, actually got a lot of like old internet friends off. Not not from Twitter. Message me screenshots of my tweets. Like, like oh wait, this is you. Um, is you? Yeah, it's just like weird. But one of them got like mad at me because I was tweeting like racist stuff, and he was Indian, like Sri Lankan or something. Yeah, and I was just like, yeah, like so what? It's funny. I blocked him. You know, he's Indian. Only yeah, exactly. Gay as well, probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like about Twitter. It's like you you carry on posting or speaking and stuff and the retards just go away. They unfollow you, they block you and you're left with just like, I don't know, event, like especially if you're quite a controversial kind of humorous person, like maybe me or you, Zara, we're a bit more kind of on the edge. Um, the, the, yeah, the, the people who just don't get it will just go away. They'll, they'll have like little explosions or anger fits. They'll have outbursts at some point. I've had like people DM me angrily like, how dare you say this thing? <laughs> and it's like, well, you know, you're probably a retard. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I've messed back. Like, like, well, you know, if you th- that's a lot of words to to say that you just don't get it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. go. But, or, or, like, they've tried to convince me that I'm wrong about something. Like, I've just been posting as, like, some weird fucking persona in a funny way. And they've sent a long message, like, you're wrong about so-and-so. You need to review your opinions or whatever. Um, but then I'm like, you know, why don't you just go and find Jesus someone? You- Christ, shut it off. It's time to wake up, coach. Sorry, coach. Continue. <laughs> but I've said to people before, like, why don't, why, don't, why are you like trying to shout me down and like tell me what to post and shit? Just go find someone you like. Just go away. Just go, 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 go. Comment on someone's tweets that you like. Like, why are you here anyway? This That's thing what is I really big. like. Don't understand about spaces. <laughs> people come in and like they'll be like, "Why are you? Why are you saying this? Why are you talking like this?" Or they're like, "Oh my god! Like you can't be saying this stuff." And it's like. You can, you can leave the space. You can even block everybody in the space. Like, why, why even bother complaining when you can just leave? It's so I strange. Even uh, being a silly little individual and having fun on the internet, I, I think that's nice. You know, it's just me though. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think people just have a problem with originality, right? When people express themselves in a way that is not accustomed to what they used to, they take offense to it. And I just think it's a lack of confidence that they personally have. Um, and that's what I think. I think it's just hive mind, honestly. Bug people. I'm a bug. I go like, I walk around on grass leaves and I go, nom, 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 whenever I see a tasty little bug snack. Sometimes like... I fly around and then like, there's like little updrafts in the air currents and then it's like going on a roller coaster. That's... I see. You know? I hear you. I can imagine you sort of flitting around like a little bug, just going Prancing around. And sort of like, um, like, you know how the, like, bugs can, I mean, obviously they can fly, but they can also sort of, like, leap from leaf to leaf, and they have these really big leaps, like, they'll just sort of 
jump yeah. and they sort of float through the air. Yeah, that's how I imagine you sort of just moving through life. Kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah, it's a magical thing for you to say. I like that. I truly believe it. So. I've actually got pretty bad posture, I'm not going to lie. Kind of walk like a disgusting freak. <laughs> out. Gotta work on that. Yeah, I'm trying to, but I just kind of forget. Um, Sorry. Somebody actually told me when, when you were in a space the other day, they messaged me like, Zara is six foot six. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Someone actually, I, I, I mean, I, I've said before I'm yeah. six foot six online as a joke, but who was it? Oh, no. They, I'm not going to tell you, but they were like, they were like, uh, did you know that girl is a giant? I was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> I'm gonna, like, careful now. Yeah, well, it's true. It's true. I, I like the idea of posting your height on Twitter. It's a funny thing. Yeah, um, especially if it's like really short or really high. Yeah, like, anything in between I is like pointless. You should, uh, you know should always can. do the opposite if you're a tall guy. Say so you do like five three or something. That would be fun. Yeah. I think it's no, I'm not five six. Like, I'm five eight. When people tell you like what they think, like I've never had anybody. Like anyone online that hasn't met me in person always thinks that I'm short and I really like I don't understand why. Because mm. nobody yeah, like when, I don't know. It's strange. When I, saw your picture, Ali, when I saw your picture I thought you were like five foot five foot one. Yeah, everybody thinks I'm like five feet tall. It makes me kind of sad actually because I wish that I was like really short, but it's fine. I guess. I'll, you like, shouldn't wish you were short. You should be happy because in the wild, like when predators would be chasing after you, like mm-hmm. you know, me and you are both quite tall, like, you know, all those little short girls, you know, they're going to get BTFO'd. They're literally going to get eaten. Like, first come, yeah, first they're they're weak. Like they can't climb up the trees. They can't pick the berries. They're going to get eaten. They can't cut. They can't kill the animals. Like, what's the point? They can't even That's give true. birth without dying, you know? Like, it's so pointless. Weak constitution. Yeah. Give up on it that just makes me feel a little better. I mean, I yeah. do like I, I like I I like I have a very um short torso, so I'm mostly just like legs. So I think that at mm. least like that's good. Like I think if I had like sort of mm. average or short legs and I was tall, then I would look really sort of strange. But yeah, so I've always like based on your profile picture, I've always imagined you're in a wheelchair, Addy. I don't know why. <laughs> Like, for some reason, mentally, I just don't think you have legs. Like, it's... <laughs> oh, you, so not only a wheelchair, you think I'm, like, I'm just a torso? Well, I, I, I like, I, no, not that. I think you're in a wheelchair, and I, but I think if you stood up, you'd be barely, like, five foot one or so. Just, I don't know. Because if she does that, I'd be, like, really swag. Look at her picture. Do you think it implies she has legs? I don't think it does. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you can't really get an idea of height or light there, like, because it's, like, a, a normal light, so... Yeah, I mean, there's a chance you're in a wheelchair, but maybe like a cool one with like jewels on the wheels, you know? Yeah, well, one of those mil- just... like one of those expensive military tank ones with like <laughs> tank threads. That mirror that that's in is just it's in the lobby of my building, and it's sort of like a tall mirror, so it's up pretty high, so it only comes up when I'm standing next to it, like to like the bottom of my mm. chest, basically, like where the picture is. So I, I think it maybe just makes me look short, but there's like, you know, a a, a solid couple of feet like below where, <laughs> below where the picture ends, I guess. I don't know. It's like seven feet below there, you know. 
Yeah, I think I'm it like means you're like spiritually called. short. Oh, so what does that mean? You have short girl energy. Would you say that? Like you know, your your like energy body, your astral body, is like mm -hmm. much shorter than your physical body, and that's what mm -hmm. people they perceive it. Maybe. I don't think anyone in, in real life would like say that I have short energy, but I guess that's sort of hard to say since they do, you know, know how tall I am, but I don't know. Well, I don't know what short energy is actually. Like, I don't know what that means. I'm just that's how you're perceived. Yeah. Mm. I'm just trying to explain because like, everyone thinks it, Addy. It's like strange. Yeah. E like every single person. In, in the whole of Twitter thinks you're like five foot. <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of disappointing people because sometimes I'll have people DM me or like mutuals. And yeah. I mean, it's mostly like men will ask about it. Girls don't really care, but then they'll be like, can I guess how tall you are? And I always let them guess just to like, maybe it's like um, to disappoint myself almost. And then they'll always be like, Why I think you're... Like, you're just re reading out the pedophiles early. Like, <laughs> you know, no yeah, nonsense is going to go for a 5 one gunner. They're going to go for the 5 one aren't they? Um, yeah, I don't know. And then I, they always guess, they're like, I think you're five feet tall. And I'm like, like, real, like statistically, like, that would be, like, unusual. Like, why not give, like, an answer in the middle that's more maybe, like, statistically accurate or something? Like, I don't know. Um. And then I, I and I break the news that I'm like five nine almost, and then they're like, mm. "Oh, okay." I'm very good at guessing heights. Like when my girlfriend asked me for the first time, "How long?" Oh, I was like, well, "How old? How long do you think I am?" And I asked, I said correctly, and with the like point five and all that. How tall is she? Hundred and sixty-seven centimeters and a half centimeters. Oh, so that's yeah. um, what the fuck's that? Like five, five, six, seven. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Do you reckon you can tell how tall someone is just by listening to them on spaces? You've got five eleven energy, my friend. You're five eleven. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was part two of two of the Doquan Worship Club, hosted by John Bloom. Recorded on Monday, September nineteenth, two thousand twenty-two. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Down the street in my six foe. I never had a six foe. A kid can wish though. I snapped the wishbone and grabbed a fistful. Chilling with the dopey, this a weed is all I wish for. I'm feeling blissful. I got a missus. My ginger always down to ride no matter what the mission. I'm singing this song. Got a couple albums out. We do alright, but it ain't really shit to write home about. Like to feed the fishbowl. Keep my stories mystical. I like my beats. Boom, bap and rap to be lyrical. I'm feeling cynical. Craving a little ritual. Save my place in line while I try to find a miracle. I keep looking and looking and looking, but never find nothing. We've been lied to, thinking this surprise under super secret lies. Motherfucker sneak inside, going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. the
trenches Trying to stay offensive Trespassing here like this land looks expensive Ain't no time like the present Trying to stake a claim Just make sure your claim stays away from all these other claims We're almost kinda running out of land here Living in the day of the dead and it's damn weird Same teams y'all, we just trying to get a bite to eat A little rest saved up, waiting for my time to sleep Head down, middle fingers up, yo I'm wide awake Never hesitate to stay about a hundred miles away Seven times space while I wrecking ball the place I expect you all to play, running marathons today When the sick get sicker and the rich get richer It might be about time to rearrange our dinner Fix the system, the shit, it's all nicks Waking up early, gonna suck today's Going dark now, believe me when I say the shit is do or die Going dark now, believe me when I say the shit is do or die Totally gonna take care of Angela, man. He's he's great. He's a wonderful lab partner, so it's gonna be cool. We'll keep an eye on her. Why don't you go fuck yourself, you weird little prick? I'm a teacher, okay? You can't talk to me like that, guy. I'm not a student, so I can say whatever the fuck I want. Channel spaces.